Welcome back to the Vet Joint Podcast. This is Josh uh, with co host Marcel. What's going on, big man? Not shit, just chilling, you know, as always. We back again. Oh, we always back we again. again or we back again? Trying shit, you know. You say we black again or we back again? We back again. Trying shit. Okay, we back again. Okay. Can I do it? You, you know, trying shit. You rolling your L's, man. <laughs> I'm rolling. I'm rolling some shit, man. You know, I'm always rolling up something, man. Um, uh, yeah, man. Welcome back, this... man. Um, uh, we're back here, you know, try to be uh, more consistent. Um, like we said, giving y'all three episodes in a span of like, geez, I don't know how 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 much like a week. It was uh, hey, it was a it was a mid season break, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we the captains of the ship now. <laughs> uh, I like that, man. Hey, season one has been kicking our ass. Yeah, man. Yo, thank you guys for the continued support, man. Thank like, you, thank yo. you from everybody from all around the world, huh? All around the world, all around the world. <laughs> you know. Um, we love it, man. Um, we getting a lot of yeses. Um, you know, a lot of people um, that we're not expecting to, not not that we're not expecting to show us support, but you know, we're, you know, I think we're hypercritical of ourselves, right? Whenever right, we, right. we set out to do something, we think that it has to be super hot shit, top down, left right, center, you know. Um, you know, first shot, you know, one shot, one kill type shit, right? No room, you know, no room for error, no room for mistakes. You know, it has to be hot shit the first time, right? And if it's not, then we're like, ah. Um, so you know, um, been getting some, been getting a lot of good feedback. You know, you know, I think the coolest thing is that you know, people saying, hey. I listened to this part and it made me laugh. You know what I'm saying? Or this episode was super interesting. You should, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, um, this is the same shit we be saying to ourselves. And you know, <laughs> like, damn, I hope we hope people like it. And you know, to 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 get them the more of kindness. You know, it's good. You know that that's what kind of keeps us, you know, chugging along. Um, so here we are. Some fake flowers in the background. I need me a, I need me a, uh, I need a, uh, you know, that outfit, the the room that everybody goes into in the office. Um, the, the, the secret door? Uh, the secret door? The secret door behind the, book, behind the bookshelf, man? In, in the office? Nah, <laughs> nah, the, uh, the conference room, man. <laughs> that's why, that's why I need my, that's why I need my background to be, man. Oh, man. Tell everybody Stanley's my uncle. <laughs> oh man! Me, Stanley, my uncle, and uh, Michael's is uh, your Michael's uh, only black friend, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They should bring that shit back, man. We just with uh, with me and you as the leads. What you think? I, I think we can do it. I, 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 you know, I think I think we could rock the you know making the board shit really funny. I can rock. I can rock that shit oh, all day, course. man. Yeah, of course, of course, man. You know, obviously, like, obviously, you know, we don't need acting or none of that shit. There? Yeah, we don't need you know years of acting in school and all that shit. Nah, man. <laughs> you, you, you wanna... 
to be yourself so hey Josh we're gonna need you to portray uh, this guy that's from the hood okay can you do that yeah Just, let, let, let me see your walk and it'd be it'd be a Dan, Dan tell me some shit like yo you ain't hood enough or some shit <laughs> <laughs> hey you know I, that was a, that was an episode of, uh, that was an episode of Key and Peele where it was like the dude that was like actually from the hood, and you know what I'm saying? He actually talked about the shit that he dealt with, and the British dude is like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> you know, and then the other dude comes, he's like, hey, you know, so when I was at Juilliard, in order for me to get in character, he's like, nigga, what you talking about? Like, I actually lived this life. <laughs> oh, man. You know, all I can think about now is Dave Chappelle say, you know, he had a. Uh, Sit at home and watch Kim Peel do his show. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really like that show, man. Like it was only the only show, the only episodes I really watched, well, not even the whole episode, just clips, was the substitute teacher and the the racist zombies. That was pretty much it. <laughs> I I think it was it was funny. Um, I think some of it was probably you know oversaturated at some point, um, but it definitely you know had its, you know, Dave Chappelle. You can you can you can watch episode to episode and be and be like, yo, that's 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 obviously, you know, uh, you know, um uh what's the, what's the word? Dave Chappelle like Yeah. Uh but you know only Dave Chappelle can do it to where it's like That shit how you laughing for real for Yeah. Like I, I don't I can't I can't think back to a time where I'm not where something he did didn't make me laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Like most of the shit he puts out is funny. Very rarely am I like, yeah, that shit wasn't too funny. Right. Um, but you know. Hey, you, think, you think we can do a, a, a shirt deal with a. Uh, a shirt deal? With, uh, yeah, man, with Dave Chappelle. I mean, I like to get him. I like to get him on the pod. <laughs> and then I mean. We can use his image on, on, on or his likeness. You know, what I'm saying on, on our on our merch. Yeah, we um just ask him when we get him on the pod, man. Like, hey, can we just use, you know, um, I don't know, I don't know. Ask him whatever you want to. When we get him on the pod, man. That's the next goal. We gonna get Dave on the pod. Um, you know, we got a few other uh, notable people, and we got some, we got some other dope, we got some people in different industries and all that. Um, that's uh that's coming up, you know. Um, so it's been really um interesting the people who have you know said yes to us so far it's like yeah that's um we appreciate that and you know it's also weird is that we're trying we're doing this all completely from home you know trying to build this entire empire you know i'm saying from my fucking couch pretty much hey man i'm trying to i'm trying to own like a half a city block half a city block um yeah i don't even know how big that is but i just want it it just sounds big I want the type of money that where, you know, I can commit white crimes and just like not even lose sleep over it. I want I want white crime money. <laughs> um, I, just didn't, I just didn't pay seven hundred and fifty million dollars in taxes. That's the kind um, of money. That's the kind of money I want, man. I want like 
oh, I committed genocide? Huh? Oh, I'm good. It's all right. Not, not biggie. That, that's the kind of money I want, man. I want the kind of money where I can create a platform, misinform a bunch of people, you know, almost, you know, set a country on fire pretty much and, you know, go to the Poconos after that. <laughs> go eat cheese and crackers and shit, man. <laughs> What's for dinner, honey? <laughs> you said cheese and crackers? Like, bro. No, I said cheese, cheese and crackers. Like, what do you doing, man? I said cheese and crackers. You're going to be constipated, bro. Cheese crackers, bread. Like, yo, you tripping, bro. I don't know what rich, evil people eat, man. What do, what, what do they eat? Whatever the fuck it is, man. That's what I want. They probably eat crepes. I don't know. What, what's a crepe? Really, really thin pancakes. That's what oh. I heard on uh, Ricky Bobby, man. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, man. I want. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they eat to stay limber. I mean, what, what kind of meals do you eat when you're trying to take over the world, man? I don't know. Fruits and vegetables. And shit. I mean, do you eat to give a fuck about fruits and vegetables if your focus is taking over the world, though? Asparagus, nigga. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I do. I like it. Um, I like it with my steak, um, man. Hey, Jazz be hooking up, be hooking up the steaks, man. You know, mashed potatoes, some asparagus. Da da. You want some Brussels sprouts? Nah, I'm gonna wax oh, that, right. man. I'm gonna wax that every right. time. Right. And you know, right. last night she oh. made some um, uh, jerk chicken nachos. Ooh, that's all yeah. good as heck. Yeah. That sounds good as shit. And add some shrimp in there, man. So, um, what we gonna start doing is, you know, in the little neighborhood, we gonna, um, yeah. we gonna start doing it once a week. And I got a grill, you know, that we got at, um, uh, Home Depot, Best Buy, wherever. Uh, the ones that, you know, you can... Yeah, we yeah, gonna do yeah, tell yeah, the neighbors yeah, saying, hey... Yeah, um... Uh, you gonna let neighbors hey let, t- talk to the neighbors hey um once a week you gonna have these little cookouts you know here are the here are the prices jerk chicken corn um and maybe one or two other things um so instead of All you right. having to order DoorDash for a meal or leave the house hey just walk down the street real quick you know it'll be just like when you go to Jamaica um for the, those of you who don't know it's like you'll get a whole big chunk of chicken that's been jerked they'll chop it up boom boom. Some breads, some some bread, some corn. Hey, there you go. That's a whole ass meal right there. No DoorDash, no expensive ass meal. You don't gotta worry about what's for dinner tonight. That's just gonna fill you up. You want a mild, mild, medium, hot. You know. And uh, I know you like your, I know you like your food hot, man. Uh, like nah, man. I can't. I can't eat that spicy shit no more, man. Now my <laughs> them days is done, dog. Dog, I'm like a. I don't even now nah, if it's too spicy, I'll, I I get mad now. I'm like, yo, what what you trying to do to me? You trying to ruin, you trying to ruin the rest of my week? Like, damn. Like, oh, that's a couple times I had to talk to Jasmine. Like, yo, this is this is unset. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> let's put it this way. There's been a few times I had to be that dude where I had to say, hey, babe, I I, I think my meal needs to be different from everybody else's. This is. <laughs> <laughs> no my no mas. <laughs> you wild, bruh. Oh man, that's crazy. No, nah, I had to had a I had a kitty meal, man. Like no spices on this one, man. This is too hot, man. 
<laughs> too much, man. God damn. Like, oh, you know. That's wild, bro. Anyways, um, uh, a couple things we missed last episode. Um, wanted to get into um, what you want to start with. Um, well, we know what we talked about. What we start with. Um, uh, for today. Um, by the by, uh, by the way, if we didn't already say it, um, uh, we have a huge ass interview that's coming up. Super dope. Um, I know you mentioned it. We, we didn't really hype it up that much, but it's coming. Keep listening. Or you can just skip, skip to the end, you know, and then come back um, if you don't believe us. Um, but uh, and if you go to the end, make sure you come back. You yeah, know, bring your ass back. <laughs> yeah, come, come, your, come your ass deep fuck back, man. And I know if y'all don't, we don't know if y'all don't listen because it shows too. Exactly. The analytics shows. It shows everything. Yeah, that, the analytics let me watch, watch y'all while y'all listen in, inside your house. While, while you cleaning your house, while you listening to the pod, or you making dinner. Yep, the analytics tell us everything. <laughs> oh, Josh and Sela in the house. We in the house. I'm in, I'm in my house. No, we, we in the house with you. <laughs> I'm in, <laughs> I mean, I, yo, chill out, bro. <laughs> you wilding right now. Broke in and put pictures of himself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, so hey, real quick, um, so on a more serious note, um, some some that I mentioned to you recently, there's been a lot of um, you know, violence when it comes to um, increase, and it has been an increase of violence when it comes to a lot of rappers. You know, um, we've seen what happened to Nipsey. We've seen what happened um, with Pop Smoke more recently. Um, see the Meat Meal thing. We've seen um, more. Re- uh, I believe it was yesterday. Roddy Rich and another guy. There was shooting. There's there's another shooting. I don't know if anybody passed away. There's been multiple in in Atlanta. And sure. my question is: Does the state of um, security for um, rappers? Um, and the, you know, their, their immediate people, you know, who are obviously, you know, maybe carry increased risk of, you know, potential of violence, right? Um, no different from, you know, uh, being in a place where, you know, um, you have to acknowledge that that threat, right? Um, personally, I think that it's lacking um, in a few different areas. Um, one man is. Go ahead. I was gonna say, well, yeah, lacking. Um... Shit, train uh, properly trained professionals. Mm. That's number one. Mm. What do you think about the ability to, you know, assess situations, you know, um, respond, react, um, you know, protecting the asset, you know, um, if um, if I'm being completely honest, right, when you look at uh, a situation object objectively, right, we have to acknowledge, hey, who did what they were supposed to do and who didn't do what they were supposed to do, right? Right. Um, if you have a client, that client gets injured, hurt, maimed, killed, you didn't do your job. Right. Right. So the question is, you know, based off the situations, one thing I see a lot is that you know either they don't have this their proper security their, their security is lacking or they didn't have any at all right and my question right. is and and so my train of thought is okay well 
these guys are assigned to, you know, to, to labels, right? Just like with, you know, car insurance, um, venue insurance, all these different types of insurance. If you have a client that, you know, tends to get in shit, right? Hey, when are we going to sign this guy? Hey, a security detail, some type, some type of protection should be included in that package. You know what I'm saying? Because these companies make billions and billions of dollars each year. So why not, why not protect the asset? You know, um, I think the first thing people could say, well, you know, well, they're rappers, you know, um, you can't make them want to protect themselves. Well, I'm like, well, um, just like politicians, everybody else, right? Um, there's people who aren't like, there's people who want to put out shit on it, put, you know, um, uh, put hits out on people, right? Um, there's a way to go about it. Is, is, I guess is what I'm trying to get at, regardless of if the person is a rapper. So I don't see, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, um, even the labels haven't haven't taken into their hands to be like, hey, um, a detail is a I'm part sure, of. I mean, I'm I'm sure they do. You know what I'm saying to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying like, I'm not. I'm not look, man, the, the record labels, the record labels are already investing. You know, saying in these artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Giving them, giving them funds and things like that, you know what I'm saying, to start off and then uh, production costs, shit like that. So they're already given like so much up front. Mm-hmm. And now they I need mean, they security. Tends to... Right, but now they need security for what? For because they're because of their personal shit that they have going on? Yeah, but when you when you invest in, in anybody, you know that you invest in in them whole and, and that lifestyle, all that sh- that that that, right, that thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That that lifestyle that that we're talking about, right? That's that's part of the shit that you know that get people that get to sell the records, right? That's that's part of what you buy into. Also, the violence, the shit that comes with that. That's that that's part of it. That's what they're selling. That's a product. I mean, I get that, but like, if you really live in that lifestyle, uh, where your homies at? You know, what I'm saying that you ran the streets with. Get them, get them dudes to do it because um, train security. Yo, I'm not. I'm not about to, you know what I'm saying, go out there and risk my life because of some shit that you did. No, nigga. No, hold on. Let, let, let's, let's, let's put it this way, pay, though. Pay but, your but. homies, you know what I'm saying? Pay your homies because they know, they know what the fuck is going on. You know what I'm saying? You can still do your job as a rapper and all that other bullshit. But, yo, pay your fucking homies, the niggas that you ran with and niggas shooting and shit like that with. Y'all niggas go ahead and be his fucking security because I'm not fucking doing it. Because yeah, I don't know but, what the fuck you got going on out there in the streets, but I'm not getting fucking it. Yeah, but... I, for for one, I, I will say that regard, regardless, there's always going to be somebody willing to do the job, right? Um, but I, 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 the, the main thing I'm getting at is um, uh, labels they they don't invest, you know, in in that in that part of the security in the, in in that part of you know the security, which is one which which you're kind of okay with. My thing is right. okay. Well, but they, don't. But when they, they die, in security when they have to do concerts and shit like that. Yeah, that's fine. It, that's different. It's a different kind of security. True, and but 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 and but who benefits when you know they eventually die? When you know when there are shootings, when there are these different things, right? Who who's the one that's benefiting, right? So it's like they will take the artist and accept, you know, hey, hey, we'll we'll provide the recording and all of this shit, right? But leave you high and dry when it comes to the security. And let's be real, these companies make billions, it will cost them nothing to invest in that. But and that's what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. if they if they provide personal security, no. Now, if it's like they're doing a concert or something like that, yes, they should have security. But I'm not, I'm me as a, a, a business owner, a company or whatever, I'm not going to pay for your personal security. 
Mm-hmm. So you'll, so you okay, so you invest, I, I, so you'll I, invest I, I in their music. Security, right. Mm-hmm. I will pay for security when you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. That's when I will pay for security. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing your job, I'm not paying for security. Correct. But that's basically what I'm trying to do. Okay, but that part part of that job, right? Part and, and and again, when you invest in somebody, you invest in all of them, not just the good part, right? So and and that's and that's my issue. My issue is that hey, we'll invest in you and 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 help you prop up the violence and all of that, but when it comes to actually protecting you, which again costs nothing, right? We'll leave you high and dry, but still reap the benefits from all of that, right? So you have all these rappers, right? All these young black men that are out here signed to these labels, and again, signed to a lot of shitty deals. Right, science, science, contracts where they're where these predators are just sucking money out of them, and on top of that, you don't even have the right kind of protection. And and when I say right kind of protection, I'm talking about things simple as hey, what's the threat assessment of where you at? You know, what's the exit? What's the exit strategy when we're leaving a certain venue? Right? What what before you even go out of here? What 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 is the situation like? You know what I'm saying? And it's like sometimes when you hear something. That shit should usually be mapped out before they even arrive. That shit should be mapped out like Again, days in advance. In agreed. And I think, you know, based off of the situations, you know, we can typically make make some adjustment make make uh not adjustments, um uh, assumptions based off of what happened. And I'm just thinking, um has anybody given thought to that that they they need better protection? Because that that's something that, that that I think because some some of these shootings it's like, yo, better communication right better security would help you know alleviate these situations because it's not it's not you know shooting the dude before he shoots you it's acknowledging that threat you know it's like saying hey i got a i got a fast ass car that's already coming down the street hey you know we're gonna go back inside real quick right you know know what i'm saying it's not just hey getting there in the last in the nick of time it's hey we're gonna stop this shit before it even becomes a threat Right. And we don't we don't see a lot when it comes to these situations. And, um, you know, it saddens me sometimes because, you know, some of these a lot of these rappers I don't listen to. Right. But it's like, yo, these young black men are dying. And, you know, they have these companies that invest millions of dollars in them, but not when it comes to protecting them. And it's like this shit don't make no sense. But you will they will gladly accept the money from the streams when they die. Right. When they die, they, they record sales go through the roof. Right. And, and who benefits from all of that record labels? Um, uh, what, what, um, um, us as two, you know, security forces brothers, SECFO, um, you know, uh, us as SECFO, you know, um, uh, when it comes to, you know, being able to blend in, you know, in a situation, uh, being able to address the situation, um, do you, do you think that we could do do it differently? You know what I'm saying? Um, being able, taking our experiences um, from the civilian and the, the military world, right? Trying to mesh that into you know something that it that is you know can be high stress at times. You know, hey, sometimes it's gonna be high stress because dude's a rapper or entertainer, but we know that most times it's gonna be hey, I need to be thinking about the motherfucker that's you know in front of you and in front of that person, right? Again detecting the threat ahead of time not trying to stop it last minute because you know I, I don't know about you but i'm not trying to be you know you know shootouts you know um but again uh what, what do you think security for for a rapper looks like from you know people who understand that the threat is there but it can still be addressed what what are some things that you you, you think that you know if if 
you and I were to start a company specific or anybody, anybody starts a company specifically tailored, right? With the, the military knowledge, the knowledge of the hip hop world and the knowledge that understands that, hey, you might have to, for example, you might have to dress away a certain way to blend in. You know what I'm saying? To make sure that, hey, whenever my clients, I'm dealing with my client, that person is safe. Because I tell you what, <clears throat> I've seen a billionaire walk out of his house in, where, where is it? Uh, where was it? South um, Palo Alto. Um, yeah. San Jose area, walk out of his house, walk the block, um, downtown San Francisco, go to his favorite bar, go to his favorite restaurant and be fucking fine. Right. Because the security is there watching him. He can, he can be fine. Granted, can somebody run up on you try to do some shit? Yeah, they can. That's, that's always a thing. But to know that I got my security sitting here and nobody knows who they are. And I got, a, I got another dude sitting outside. Right. Also, also paying attention to the police band, paying attention to the people that are coming in and out. Hey, that dude in the blue shirt, he looked kind of weird. Hey, you in the car, go, go keep an eye on him. Right. Um, right. Billionaire security doesn't cost a billion, billion dollars. Right. These, these these billionaires out here that, that have security who have veterans working for them sitting outside the fucking house. Right. We, we, they don't pay us a shit ton. They pay us good money. Right. But they're not paying us hand over fist. Right. So when I see billionaires getting this type of treatment, you can walk. You, you, you are a billionaire. You can walk. You can go down somewhere down in San Francisco and be left alone. But a rapper can't even be protected um, when he's standing outside a restaurant for a few minutes. Right. The, the, the level of security, is, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Um, shouldn't be that much different because the right. the amount that it costs, the sure. amount that it go ahead. And then you're, also, you're also comparing a billionaire um, to. Rapper. No, it's it's an asset. It's an it's it's an asset, right? Um, granted, yes, he's a billionaire, but the when I when I was working for these billionaires, right? If push came to shove and I had to, hey, I'm gonna pull my gun, I'm gonna do some shit. The response and all that shit, it's not gonna be no different, right? So and, and that that's what I'm getting. At. Granted, yeah, he's a billionaire. He's a he's a millionaire, but the res, the, the response, the, the the job itself, that doesn't. You know okay. what I'm saying? The day to day. Right, just right. hey, you, you, hey, you, Mister, Mister White guy. Hey, I'm not gonna treat you no different, different from that rapper. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we're face to face. Okay. I'm here to do it. That's that's what I'm getting at. Um, okay. okay, I thought you were talking about the level, like the actual level of security is different. I'm like, yo, of course it's gonna be different. He was a billionaire, but yeah. you're talking about the actual response of how how uh, the security responses in each incident. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. Same. Response. The response should be the same. And you're 100 correct. I do agree with that shit. Cause like, yo, if I'm doing, if I'm doing a job and it's like security, um, no matter if it's fucking a B-52 or fucking, you know, what I'm saying Air Force One, or I'm guarding fucking the entrance of radio check. You're right. My response should be the same. Yeah. And then granted, you know, when it comes to a rapper, um, some of these rappers they have a you know increased risk. Hey. When we're at work at whatever job you have, there's days, there's times. Hey, so we're we're at Tindall. Hey, you know what? There's a um, there's a there's a shooting off base. So the dudes at the gate, y'all might be be at a at a heightened posture, you know, for the next couple hours. That's normal. Hey, this rapper, he had a recent incident in this city. He might be a little bit hot now, so we're gonna tailor our security a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? They they make it sounds sound sometimes like um. It's so it's so impossible to protect, but it's like yo, we protect politicians, we protect you know all these motherfuckers, right? But it's like yo, we can't protect rappers. 
right? We we can't we can't anticipate threats. We we can't monitor right. chatter and all this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like yo. So who's Yahoo? I want to dance with him. Who's Yahoo? Um. Uh. What are you referring to? And the, the shoes. So who got shot? Um. Uh, they, they didn't um last summer they didn't um they didn't release any of the names at a time. I was just referring to the recent um number of shootings when it comes to you know that genre and us being okay. us and us being in the security field and working in it. It's like yo, wh- what I'm reading and what I'm seeing is telling me that hey the violence is increased, but there's no there's no um accurate response to it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. There, there's no there's no okay well. We're 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 doing something differently in this in this industry when it comes to security for entertainers. Um, I don't I don't hear any of the the whiskey bravo counterparts, you know, in the same kind of situations, right? It's like, hey, police showed up, hey, they did that. You know what I'm saying? It's cool, it's handled. Um, and I would just like to see that see that happen more in in the rap community, in in you know what I'm saying that community because it's like, um, we're dying everywhere, man, and it's like to see entertainers also dying. Uh, because of a, in, in what in what I'm saying, what I'm saying is a lack of physical security that's provided for them. For them, um, it's 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 needed, man. Um, uh, I even see the whole uh, the I, I I think we talked about it the, the whole Tory Lanes and Mega Stallion situation. You know what I'm saying? I, I said to you, well, there's a there's a security guard in the car. You know what I'm saying? Then it was for it was for Tory. I'm like. How does that even go down? You know what I'm saying? You, you as you as a security guard, right? You know your response. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what um, you're supposed to do in those split second situations. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, right. And it's like time after time after time, it's hey, shit happened. Some somebody snuck up or somebody did, did some did some slick shit, and I'm like, okay, what the fuck are y'all niggas doing on the job, man? What, what are y'all What are y'all doing? Right. Right. Um, yeah. I think that the state of security needs needs to get better, man. I look at the 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 Meek Mill and Takashi situation, where he he rolled he, he he rolled up on him and he's like, ah, oh, nigga, you pussy, blah 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 blah. I'm like, well, put myself in Meek shoes. It's like, well, what I'm gonna do? Fight you? My my security ain't gonna let that happen. Your security ain't gonna let that happen. But what I do have a problem with, and this comes back to hey, situa- situational awareness. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and and everything that follows with that. It's like okay, well, we know everything when when it comes to you know what I'm saying six nine and his antics and what he's about, right? You Meek Mill, you doing your thing now. Um, you supposed to ask that situation from the get go. Hey, there go that bitch ass motherfucker right there. Hey, we out of here. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not even fucking with you. Second of all, your security. I feel like his security failed him, right? Because if nigga, if I'm your security, if I'm your security, first of all, and we got them that many agents around you, you supposed to be a, be creating a barrier around him. He not even supposed to be able to get within like 15 feet of you. Right? right, that's when security is supposed to be more aggressive. Stop, stop doing the shit for the social media and you know what I'm saying all of that. Hey, what's what's the exit strategy when we leave in this place? Right? Hey, boom. Hey, he's here. Let's. Hey, we going back in. Hey, bring the car around. Somebody should. Somebody either should have brought his car around, or there should have been somebody already waiting by his car. And I agree with that. Yo, you, he had a, he had a group of people with him. So it's like again, like I say, it's not that I don't think that. The security itself is lacking because obviously there's people there. Again, it's the training. 
Who are these people? And the execution, obviously, when it when it comes down to it. Right. Who are they? Yeah, I um you know, there's no but there's no again, But again, that's their personal security. Who really wants that job? Okay. This because is my response. Fair enough. If you're working it though, it's it's not who wants the job. It's like it's hey, you signed up to take this job. Are you? If you, why would you know that? That isn't. Nigga, that shit don't make sense. Nigga, if you know, if you know somebody, you know, what I'm saying lifestyle, and they advertise a certain lifestyle, a negative lifestyle. You know what I'm saying, um, and you know, what I'm saying they witness people get murdered or supposedly kill people. Why would you want to be that person's security? Is what I'm saying. Why would oh. any sane person, if trained sane person, want to be that person's security? They don't. So. That's why that, these incidents are happening. Because who the fuck are these people that they're hiring as their personal security? These motherfuckers aren't trained professionals. And that's because of the lifestyle that these rappers bring on. I think that's people oh, it. I think there's people out here that work that want to work from. I don't think they're being. I don't think they're being matched up with the right trained. And and again, again, if if, if if we can do it for the if we can again if we can again again if we can do it for the billionaires and the politicians and everybody else, we can do it for the rappers too, right? And again, where where do these rappers work? Where do they work? Where do they work? Billionaire company, you mean yeah, you, in the studio. Yeah, work in the studio. no, but no, but this is my thing though. They, they there, there's no benefit from actually protecting them fucking the, the, the right way that you're supposed to, right? There's no benefit in, in, in them doing their jobs right because hey, if I'm a security guard and I actually protect you and actually stop the threats and stop them from trying to fuck with you, these, these, these rappers' personal security that they pay are not or, or probably can't get a real security job, is what I'm getting at. I'm not buying that. You, 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 I'm not buying. I'm not. I'm not buying that. No, I'm not buying that, Josh. You. So all of a, so all of a sudden, millionaires can't get jobs. So so millionaires can't hire right. So you, you mean to tell me all of a sudden millionaire rappers can't? I'm not talking about. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about them hiring the right people. That that's what you're telling me. Nobody out there wants to work from the right people. Don't want to work from. That's what you're telling me. No what? It depends on the artist. It depends on the artist. I think, it should, in my opinion, it should, if 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 you are a billionaire company, right, and you have this 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 asset that 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 spits out millions for you each year, you mean to tell me you don't want to protect that? You, you mean you mean it comes to the point? If if he has that lifestyle, mm. that you know, saying that I'm a I'm a thug, da, 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 I'm out here, you know, saying bricks in my pocket. You know but that's what sells. That but that's what sells no, though. I'm not if that's what sells, that's cool. That's cool. But if you're really living that lifestyle, why am I gonna pay for your personal security? Okay, so, so I, I own you you going you are you are yo, you you making all this money, you know what I'm saying? If you're our number one seller, you should be able to afford it because I'm gonna pay you enough to to do it. I will take care of your security at work. Not every day. Not personal security. Not going so I'll pay you to make the so I'll pay you to make the rap music, but I won't pay you 
I, I want. I also actually provide. I'll pay. I'll provide the resources for you to make the free for you to make the violence, but not protect you against it. So what if? What? But you 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 was doing that shit before you came up. And that's what you like for me, right? Yeah. That that's what you like. And and the more exposure, the more. Security at work. Yeah, but 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 Pete, this though, right? When but but you just said something interesting, right? This you was doing this when you found me, right? And now that you put money into me, you you invest in me. Now more people are hearing me, more eyes are on me. The threat is constantly in, is increased, right? Because I'm put, I'm I'm doing shit, I'm saying shit, I'm more outlandish, I'm cussing more niggas out, I'm starting more shit because hey, that's what sells. That that's that's what that's get gonna, people clicking. That's what sells, but hey, that's what sells. And like I said, I will pay you. So I'll pay you accordingly. I still take care of your security at work. And yo, your all right. personal security. All right, so cool. How about this? How about this then, right? That's like that's like me saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, the military trained us, but it's not their job to protect us from 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 uh from from ISIS, right? If ISIS want to find me and you and come fuck us up, hey, it's it's hey, we out the military now. There's no protection, right? We I mean, we signed up for that. Didn't, didn't like our names or some shit get leaked? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bad analogy? <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. Ice is in there rubbing their hands like, nigga, we already got that shit. Hey, yo, protect these rappers, man. They deserve protection just like everybody else. Even if they got, even if they talking hot shit, you still deserve your protection, man. You shouldn't be dying on a sidewalk. You shouldn't be dying in it, dying in your house. If you, you, you say you love me, you, you're there with me when the people are there clapping and waving their hands and making you billions of dollars each year. You can spend the time to invest in, in personal security for me. That's, that's suited, that's suited, um, ex- that suited to my liking, right? So my my security details should know everything about me, know all my beefs, know all that shit. So when I step out, they know what the threat assessment is. They know they know um, they know who's on social media talking shit, who's making threats, all of that shit. Because there's other people, other more dangerous people in the world who got their security, you know, who might who might make a little bit more. But hey, they get protected, right? Hey, drug cartels don't don't they got protection? I mean, hey, but who, who's the drug cartel's protection, though? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that a paradox? <laughs> the drug cartel? <laughs> exactly. The drug cartel. Like, yo. Um, they're their own security. They don't, they don't go out and hire security. But they hire somebody, though. They hire somebody. Huh? They hire somebody. Right, I, hey, I'm sure that hey, I'm sure there's plenty. Uh, for example, you mean to tell me plenty of veterans out there? Not, not me, or well, I don't know about you, not me, right? Yeah. Who've worked in the industry? Well, kind of me. Who've worked in the industry? Who can? Whether it's it does, doesn't just have to be the physical, right? There's there's the there's the physical and the the comms the comms part, right? I think you know when it comes to communication, especially if you got a high target client, that's the biggest thing, right? There's plenty of people out there who, um getting paid the right amount, especially the Atlanta area, right? How much How much do you think it would, it would cost to pay somebody, you know, a solid wage? I'm thinking 30, 35 an hour. 
hire you a couple of agents from a from a, from an agency that we're that's specifically routed to taking care of high price targets who, who who potentially who have the potential for you know threats against them. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like nigga, the white supremacists always took over America, but we can't protect yeah. the rappers. And again, you might say, hey, well, you know, they're rappers. They talk about guns, pew, pew, and all that. I'm like, but they're rappers are people too, right? They getting slain just like us. Um, And it's our fucking podcast, so fuck you if you don't like this shit. Get off the podcast. No, stay. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you to leave. Stay. Listen. Listen to us. Listen to my voice. Hashtag grow the vibe. Hashtag grow the vibe. Don't leave just because you don't like us. Uh, that that's not even dope to say. All right, all right. Uh, I ain't got nothing else on it, man. Like, I, I think I, I think I stated my piece on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hopefully, uh, y'all can dissect that and pick up what I was putting down. Um, yeah, I feel you. Um, I think you know your your outlook is probably a little bit more conservative. It's like, hey, well, I'm already paying you a, a solid amount. You know. Um, which is weird. You already kind of put yourself in like the position of the boss. <laughs> which that that's one weird to think to just assume to be the billionaire. That's weird. But all right, cool. But you know, I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like okay, well, you know, you're looking at it from from your point of view, your light, and you know, I'm looking at it from from this point of hey, you are the billionaire. Y'all make a shit ton of money. Invest in that shit. Um, um, that was a nice little combo though. I like that. Um. You know, just just so you know that, you know, we, we're not always, you know, just constantly dick riding each other and, you know, just agreeing with each other in every episode. Sometimes we do disagree. Sometimes we do, right. you know, I right. go left, he go right, you know, I zig, you zag. Hey. Hey, you go this way, I go that way. <laughs> you go this way, I go that way. <laughs> hey, hey, there's only two of us and we kicking all y'all. <laughs> um, all right, man. Speak. I'm just playing, man. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of ass kickings, um, what's been going on in Texas, man? Um, freaky is the right word. <laughs> freaky is is this is Disney Channel Freaky Friday weather, man. It's it's some it's all some other shit, man. Um, it kind of saddens me to see what's going on, what's go, what's going on, what's going on in Texas. Oh. What was that? Picture just fell off the wall. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Thought like a bird like crashed into a window or something, man. Yo. That shit scared the fuck out of me. Right. Yeah, that's some demonic ass shit, man. You alright? I'm good. Yeah, I'm about to I'm see good. your ass getting flung around the room in a few seconds, man. <laughs> Yo. Uh, is that a ghost, man? It's something. All right. So, yeah, so we're talking about Texas. Um, and then if a, a picture falls off the wall, I'm sure that means something. Google that. Google, somebody Google what that means. Am I going there? That's an omen. That's an omen, man. It's, it's a bad omen, man. <laughs> um, so we've seen, so you've seen the, the videos, the news stories, um, did you, did you realize how, how long did it take you to realize how bad it was? Um, whenever, whenever it was that, um, 
Texas, um, posted a picture and the shit was covered in snow. That's when I was like, I was like, damn, who? It's snowing. No, who posted a picture? Uh, oh, oh, I didn't know it was in Texas. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I imagine him still being at Tindall. to realize yeah so how long did it take you to realize how bad it was oh uh, man it was probably like i want to say like two days two or three days man mm. um before i even realized like what, really what the heck was going on mm. what, what did you see exactly like what, what what kind of images photos if anything um just like a lot of snow um at first at first it started off with like posts like you know saying it's just being cold and shit like that mm-hmm. um in this, car, in this car group that i'm in um a lot of people um in this car group are out out in texas um, and they were complaining about like how cold it is and their car won't start, um, mm. having trouble starting them and shit like that. And I'm like, yo, like, how cold is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Just going through the post and everything. And, um, I start seeing screenshots of like the temperatures. I'm like, damn, that's, that's pretty damn cold. But, you know what I'm saying? Here, here in Florida, you know what I'm saying? It was eh, like 50 ish. Yeah. And I'm saying to myself, like, yeah, y'all right, it is cold. But until I seen that, I didn't realize, like, how cold it really was. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of ignorant to the whole thing, just to be honest. Yeah, people, there, there are some, um, people are firing, firing off some pretty hot memes in the beginning. Um, right. You know, about Texas and it being cold. And, you know, there's been a whole, you know, t- you know, people from Texas love to brag and brag about Texas, right? So when we see them complaining right. initially, it's like, what are y'all complaining about, right? And so... I think the the memes kind of overshadowed like what was going on initially, um, and right. then um, I started to see stories about um, you know the temperature getting so low that you know you know one or pe- one or two people died you know from kind of sleeping in their cars or you right. know something like that. Then I'm seeing excuse me stories about um, like a, mo- a mother and a daughter um, died of uh, carbon carbon monoxide carbon monoxide poisoning, Um, you know, people's um, roofs starting to cave in, flooding, um, uh, pipes are bursting, um, the water system is not infected with parasites, so they can't um, drink the water, you know what I'm saying, power being gone, you know, people say, hey, you need to boil your water, but it's like, hey, a lot of people have electric stoves. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can't even fix the problem you need to because you don't even have the right resources. You know what I'm saying? So it's been a lot of that widespread. And then um, I was talking to the homie that was a TI. Um, grocery stores are um, running out of food because of the icing on the roads and, you know, not being able to drive. So right. trucks can't get in. They can't deliver the food. You know what I'm saying? So there's now a food shortage. You know what I'm saying? To come to couple with lack of heat, uh, power, um, you know, and all of that stuff. You right, know? right, right. Um, so, you uh, know. Um, during, during the time, I did see there was like a Pizza Hut. No, Domino's. Was that um, a, Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a Domino's that was open. Um, and they were like the only place that was open, the only place that would deliver, that would deliver or mm. could deliver. And they had, I think, I think they said the store had like three or four days worth of food total. Mm. They ran out. They ran out of all the food in one shift. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. That is. Or one day, I should say, not one shift, but like one day. It's um, 
you know, and then to see the response from, you know, some of our, you know, trusted officials, it's like, Jesus, like, here, here's the time for y'all to get on social media and talk your shit and to get, you know what I'm saying, get people what they need, and where are you? Um, I was looking into it. They were talking about the, um, the, the power company that runs Texas. Um, they are the one, they're what the one of the few, um, companies in the U S um, they're unique because they aren't, um, uh, what's, what's the phrase that they use? Um, they're independent. So the government doesn't, can't, doesn't, can't regulate the power companies and all that. So, um, because they're ran, um, internally um instead of you know them um having to follow regulations like making sure that their equipment is regular uh, weatherized making sure that they're prepared for the for the cold weather um you know um because of what's been happening due to climate change you know they spend money other in other places right so when the cold hit hey we ain't fucking prepared and because y'all ain't prepared your um customers are not fucked um Right, because it's like, and you know, they try to blame that shit on um, uh, what's it, what what was it um, green energy um, they, the 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 okay. Texas Texas population politicians try to blame the uh initially they try to blame what was going on um and the lack of power and everything because of um, renewable energy when it only That's accounted true, yeah and when it only accounted for like ten percent of their actual energy output. You know. you know what? I seen I seen memes about that as well. Um, somebody tried to post one trying to be funny, um, and it showed like a solar panel, and it, it was covered in snow. And it's like, oh, solar doesn't work now, does it? Like, yeah, solar would still work, just brush off the fucking snow. Obviously, if it's on top of a house, you can't do that. But like, these were sitting on the ground underneath. Yeah, and it's like, how, how about you try to hold your fucking people accountable right hey texas everything's bigger in texas hey y'all y'all dumbasses are obviously bigger also in texas because here you have motherfucking ted cruz you know what i'm saying flying the fuck off to texas talk about oh i needed to take my daughters to mexico of all fucking places right hey i like <laughs> i like how you just glaze class up bro. i like i like how you just Everything's bigger in Texas. Y'all bigger dumbasses too. <laughs> oh man! Like for real, like do you know that the irony of a Texas of a politician, any one of them, taking his family down to Mexico because of you know the cold, um, right? Right to because because you know he's talking about oh, yeah my daughter's wait, wanted to get away. I'm wait, like wait. Is he Republican? Yes, obviously. <laughs> yo, if y'all get your dumbass, yo. Yeah, man. Uh, and so, you know, he's been getting killed in the media about it, but you know, it's um, that's that's one thing, right? And um, you know, this is the same motherfucker that that will respond and have a press conference when there's an active shooter talking about it was because of God why you know this happened because y'all ain't living right. But when your fucking state is a fucking icicle, where where, where your bitch ass at? Right? Where, where your bitch ass family at? In fucking Texas. Yeah, Fuck out of here, man. Mexico, man. In Mexico, my bad. <laughs> right in Mexico. <laughs> hey, they don't want you. They don't want you there. When America sends their people, <laughs> they ain't sending the best. <laughs> oh, man, that's wild. Like, yo, you, 
wrong country. They don't want you, bro. And to think, That's right? Wrong. I don't know, man. It's um, but you know, running out on. I mean, and you know, people are are chalking it up to well, you know, it was just you know, it looks bad. Well, I'm like, is that a, is that dereliction of duty, right? When when the the fact that you even mention your daughters and going to Mexico and and, and about oh I wanted to I'm like you got security if we just talk about you got security details you got a wife you got family you got all these right. fucking resources but you the politician that's in charge of you know politician and shit and you know doing shit and you know all this other shit right, right. trying shit and trying shit trying shit trying shit don't work trying shit trying shit won't work trying shit switch it up freezing my nigga where are you oh i'm in mexico you're going to mexico man you're going to mexico you're going to change his name to why but something else that i saw that i think is even worse um sorry i feel like i'm renting but um uh Governor Cuomo, um, governor of New York, um, was apparently hiding or, or misrepresenting the amount of COVID cases in, in New York. And it turns out a, a lot more old older folks died than they were letting on to, which I think is way worse than taking your bitch ass family and going to Texas, you know, any day. You know, and he's this motherfucker's a Democrat. You know what I'm saying? And and I mentioned it to you previously. I don't like how, you know, the rhetoric of the media lately is oh, Hey, it's Joey B. He's he's nice and, and fluffy and he's not Trump. America is safe again. Right. Hey, cops are still murder murdering niggas in their own fucking houses. Right? Don't don't tell me about him playing Mario Kart with his fucking kids, with his grandkids. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Real talk, man. I don't give a fuck about the fact that Joe Biden played Mario Kart. I played that shit with my wife now because that's what couples are supposed to be doing. My nigga, all that shit she was talking about, Trump, the, the motherfucking stimulus check it, checks and, and all that shit, right? Where that shit at? Oh, well, it's not Trump and we're safe again. I don't feel safe. There's a motherfucker in my neighborhood. Ain't nothing changed, man. Ain't nothing changed. The only, the, only, the only thing that I've seen that changed now is... People are really not arguing about what is it, what if, if what he's doing is right. That's it, at least this is what I see on my timeline. That's not what I'm seeing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I'm seeing. In reality, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nothing has fucking changed. The only thing that changed is the fucking statuses on Facebook. That's and I, I hate the fact that now it's supposed to be, oh well, now Joe Biden is here. Shut the fuck up and you know accept this unity. I don't feel unity. I don't feel unified. I, I don't like. Like, my nigga, I, I came to tears yesterday when I told you about that story. I know I kind of made it seem, like, very nonchalant, but after I read that shit, dog, I was like, my nigga, how, as a vet, if you're, if you're struggling, right, you call the police and you, you, you die? Nigga, I've had a fucking mental health issue right here in this fucking house. If not for my wife, I don't know where the fuck I would be. Right? But I can't, I can't imagine, can you imagine her calling the police and to, to help me and niggas kill me? Right? Like I, like it's it it feels like I got this monkey on my back that I gotta get off, man. Cause it's like I went from saying, "Hey yo, the niggas that they killing was up to some wild shit," right? Sometimes that is the case, but the older I've gotten, the more I've read, the more I paid attention. That's not the case, man. Cops are fucking running wild and doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And that's that's sort of that's sort of the rhetoric that as a kid, 
You know what I'm saying? Like they, they try to they try to instill on in you is like yo, the cops are the good guys. Niggas like niggas had it coming. But it's not. That's not that's not what it is like when we actually get older. That's that's really not the case. Um, granted, not all cops are bad. That's not what we're saying. But I'm just going off the simple fact that as a kid, you're taught that cops are good. They get rid of the bad guys. But now that we're older and we're seeing that's not the case. Basically, we were fucking lied to. I'm tired of it, man. This shit, this shit made my blood boil, man. And 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 you know what's crazy, man? It's like I put myself in these situations. I get gunned down in the street. They 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 put their neck on me, and and I get choked out. What the, what the fuck they gonna say about us, right? What 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 they gonna say about us to justify that shit? Oh look look at his history. Oh look at his pictures. Oh look what he said at one time. That's that's the shit that made my blood boil, and it's like we, we are we are we are on nobody's radar no more. Besides besides us, right, right, right. We, we we are we are on our own radars, and even when, even when we do die, if our military background wasn't dope or super cool as shit, right, and we ain't got a yeah, bunch of buddies right. and all that shit, don't nobody know. But that shit gets swept, right. swept under the rug. You just another thirty something year old man or twenty something year old man. They don't even. They don't even really try to say your name like that, man. Hey, Rosa. I think. It, I think if it was me though. They bring up the fact that uh, I got Article 15 or some shit. <laughs> Probably, but but his name Antioch Antioch Police Department. His name was Angelo Quinto. Kill kill him in his own house when he when he when he's having a mental health issue, man. And I'm like, right. at, at what point or is is am I gonna say more or try to do more about it? Because I, again, I went from saying, hey, it's just some wild shit going on there. So this shit is hap- is in my neighborhood now, right? Right, and, and you, it's, said and that, you said that was like not far from you, right? That's not far. That's that's few minutes from me. This this is it. I live in Antioch. Oh, I live here, man, and it's like, what 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 do we do? What what do I do? Right? But besides, just get sad and fucking emotional and angry, and and when I and when I see some of you motherfuckers in your in your patrol vehicles, it make my blood boil because I know when you kill niggas, I know when y'all murder people, y'all go off, y'all go off in y'all little corners or meet up at y'all houses and y'all laugh and you joke and you talk shit, you share your bullshit memes and you share your bullshit rhetoric and all that fuck shit, right? We 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 know what we know what goes on when the good old boys get with each other after y'all get to do y'all wild shit and, and get the fuck shit up. You know, you, you probably not gonna lose your jobs. Probably not gonna lose a whole lot of money. And on top of that, they probably just gonna give you a gun, give you a gun back to you, and tell you, "Hey, hey, go get them." Right? And then y'all get to share y'all bullshit memes. Y'all get to talk about how y'all the protectors. Nah, y'all the killers. Vallejo police, the same thing, killing niggas. I'm, I'm tired of seeing dead veterans. I'm tired of seeing dead black. I'm tired of it, dog. And it's like it's it's now to the point where it's just a footnote. Oh hey, more 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 dead niggas, more dead veterans, more cops killing veterans. Then I'm just supposed to go on go on with my day until what? Until it's me? Until it's one of my niggas? Until it's un, un, until what? I know I'm I know I'm kind of ranting here, but you good man? Speak your piece, bro. Um, it's 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 making my it's 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 pushing me to a point where I can't I can't sit. And just think about it no more. I can't just think and talk to you about it no more. I, I specifically said it because I, I specifically said it on the pod because 
I want to let people know now how I'm really feeling about law enforcement or, and, and these institutions that's supposed to be protecting us, right? Because it's not just about me. I know how to act, right? I, I know how I'm going to be, but it's not just about me. What about my moms when she out there with you, right? When she interacts with y'all or my wife, right? Right? What, what about my sister and, and, and her husband, right? What about when all of them is dealing with y'all? That, that's the shit that worries me, right? Because I say to myself, hey, I don't give a fuck who, what, what, cop, what, what department? Hey, if I'm dealing with one of y'all, y'all gonna show me respect. Y'all gonna talk to me a certain way, right? I know how I'm gonna react based off of me and and how I feel because I see how they are out there, right? But the shit that worries me, the shit that the shit that keeps me up at night is when when they're dealing with with, with the people that I love the most, right? My nigga, I got four sisters. I see how police department treat 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 women, right? I, I, I see, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I see the, I see the, the nastiness, right, of, of, of the policing in America. And I'm like, hey, now I'm being told America is safe again. And I'm supposed to what? Go be all Mr. Fucking happy-go-lucky, skipping outside and shit because Trump ain't here no more. I was never scared of Trump. I was scared of the motherfuckers that love him. And the motherfuckers are still here. The other 50%, them niggas are still chilling. They just pissed off now. So wait, 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 wait. Back up a little bit. You mean to tell me you didn't go jump, hopping, and skipping when Trump was off? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I went to roll something up, man. That's what I did. Oh, I think I went overkill, man. I had a bounce house and every fucking <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. Uh, my blood boiling now, man. I need a woosah. Woosah. Man, fuck that. So I feel about them politicians, them shitty cops, all them. You know, a matter of fact, I got somebody else got something to say to y'all. Fuck you. Fuck the plane you flew in on. Fuck them shoes. Fuck those socks with the bell on it. Fuck your gay ass fairy faggot. Fuck you. Fuck the plane you flew in on. Fuck them shoes. Fuck the socks with the bell on it. Fuck your gay ass. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best, sir. Fuck your yuck mouth teeth. Fuck your hairpiece. Fuck your chocolate. Fuck Guy Ritchie. Fuck Prince William. Fuck the Queen. This is America. My president is black and my Lambo is blue, nigga. Now get the fuck out my hotel room. And if I see you on the street, I'm slapping the shit out of you. How the fuck I feel, man? That's how you feel. That's how I feel, man. In the best, in the best, in the most. Lighthearted version of myself. Damn. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's like it's like you talk. You know, you know, you know how I feel about Riley. I feel like you are Riley. So it's almost like you talking for me while I'm talking to you. It's crazy. This okay. is my this my own little universe, right? This is my universe, right? Um. Okay. Yeah, man. This has been another uh, another interesting pod pod day, man. It has, man. It has. Uh, cover cover some things. Uh, also be. Uh, looking out for that interview at the end of this one. Um, interview. Absolutely. Uh, right. You gonna slide uh, that thing in right there, right, right there, like you ain't even gonna notice it. Yeah, you you really ain't. You really ain't. But um, yeah, thank you guys for your continued support. Absolutely. Um, thank, you. thank you guys uh, for listening, our overseas listeners. Um, go Oh, yeah. Help us grow our pod. That's right, grow the fucking pod. We, we, can't, we can't win without y'all, you know what I'm saying? So y'all, y'all pretty much the ones that's, that's pretty much putting this on. So Absolutely. Um, more content to come from, from some, some amazing people and some from different industries. 
and we gonna build. We gonna talk about building businesses, building. You know what I'm saying? All that shit. We not just doing this shit for play, play. We ain't out here trying to make funny money. <laughs> you want some funny money? <laughs> nah, I want some subway, man. You want some subway? Actually, I don't even know what the hell to make or eat. I, I really want something. I, well, I, I think I'm about to go eat right now, man. Uh, you about yeah. to have jerk chicken, ain't you? Yeah, probably. Uh, mail me some. I'm a. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be jerk. I don't know if you want that chicken, dog. <laughs> All right, brother. And until next time, it's been real. This is the best podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Podcast. This is your host Josh, along with your my co-host uh, Marcel. How you doing today, brother? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, man? I'm here. Happy to be here. All right. Hey, today we got a special guest. Uh, his name's Thomas. This dude is a financial advisor, um, finance guru of the sort. Um, let's listen to his story. Uh, prior military, Army guy. Um, hear him out. He got a lot of tips and advice for us. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What's, what's, what's up with you? You uh, Army, you know what I'm saying? Like, tell us about your MOS. Um, like, where are you from? What, what led you to join uh, the Army um, and not go with the best force ever? You know what I'm saying? Best force. <laughs> um, representing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, just, just give us a, a quick rundown about everything, man, and then um, pass it off to Marcel. Yeah, yeah. Then, so, yeah. So, I'll, so I'll be a little yeah, bit more... Yeah, I'll be a little bit more specific because uh, we didn't give you these questions. So uh, let's start with your background. You know, do you come from a military family? Um, when did you join the Army? And, you know, kind of give us your experience at uh, 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 BMT. Yeah, I had a grandfather. You know, my granddad was in the military. But other than that, not really from a military background. I did grow up in Killeen, Texas, Fort Hood, okay. because that's where he was stationed at. So we ended up there. Um, 2008 uh, I joined I had a I had a little one you know my son was just a few months old right out of high school I graduated in 07 so 08 with a kid working at Walmart you oh, know man. with a whole lot of options I actually tried to join the Air Force Reserves because I was thinking like I didn't want to do full military military was not my my path as far as I knew you know what I'm saying so yeah. um, I tried to do Air Force Reserves so I could have a skill and then get a job civilian side you know what I'm saying try to play that way but uh, I failed a piss test, man, and, uh, <laughs> and maps. I told the recruiter, like, I did the thing they tell you to do, right? Like, disclose everything, tell me everything. Oh, so man. I did, and he was like, oh, you'll be good. He was like, oh, you'll be good. He sent me the maps. But when I failed that piss test, uh, you know, they gave me the 30 days, like, gap before you could join. Mm-hmm. But then he just never called me back after that. Oh, I'm trying man. to get papers and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. I ended up going to the Army a few months later. But it worked out because I got bonuses and shit that I wouldn't have got, you know. Right, right, right. That's nice, though. Okay, and so what was the, uh, what was the, what was the BMT experience like? So I was a 13 Bravo, so I did what, uh, which is field artillery. So I did what's called OSA. It's basically like your BMT, your, or, well, it's weird saying BMT, but your basic training uh, you know, run straight into your AIT for us, which is like your tech school. Right, right. Um, so basically went through 10 weeks of basic, and then, you know, just they marched us down the street to where we was doing our AIT at. And, you know, we was, it was a little different because for us, we was in like 60-man bays for basic training, you know what I mean? So it's all bunk beds. 
60 dudes, 30 bunk beds on, you know, each side of the room. Right, right. Um, and, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. It wasn't too bad, though, man. Like, I never got harassed too much. Like, the only time is drill sergeants like to fuck with me because they knew I couldn't keep a straight face. You know what I mean? So they'll try to get up. Yeah, my fellow, what the fuck are you looking at, cheater? Because they know I can't help but laugh at that shit, man. You right, know right. Man? I knew I was in. I knew it was in the wrong place when uh, first time I looked at a drill sergeant, and if he was like, "Do I look like I got a dick growing out of my forehead?" And I was like, I never heard no shit like that. I know, I ain't got no problem with none of that. But I was like, y'all some weird people, man. Y'all some weird people with that one, you know. <laughs> No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, my bad, my bad, my bad. For me, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, 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 right. Fort Sill. So, it was whack, man. I mean, it was cold up there uh, when I went. Like, it was, like, middle of winter, and then it was hot as hell when I finished in the end of the summer. So, Oklahoma, man, wasn't, nah, <laughs> it wasn't cool. That, that, that ain't where it's at? I What's that? Nah, I said Oklahoma ain't, ain't where it's at. Okay, all right. I think there's a little bit of lag, but we're good. Yeah. Josh? Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Keep on, you can keep on. No, I, I thought you I thought you was going to go. Right, <laughs> yeah, my bad. All right, go ahead, go ahead. You, you, you want to go or I'm going to go? You, you go, man. Right. You go. You go. Um, <laughs> all right, what was, um? so what was the, like, the, training experience like like what was the length like how hard was it um if it uh, was like hard at all like for you I'm saying like coming out of high school um for me it was it was like I don't know it's kind of hard looking back it wasn't that bad you know at the time it was probably one of the hardest things I had done because I didn't really you know what I'm saying I lifted weights and stuff but other than that I didn't do athletics or nothing in high school okay. um so like the running thing was new for me uh but you know that's just you just keep running so it's like I'm not sure how it was for y'all, but basic and AIT for us was basically every day, you know what I'm saying, up early formation PT, uh, all the way through AIT, like your advanced technical training or whatever. Um, so yeah, it was pretty physical. Like by the end I was, I was skinny as hell, man. (laughs) I mean, I was already skinny going in, but like I actually had to get put on double rations when I was there, man. I just could not keep on waiting. What's up, man? That's what's up. Um, so, like, where where were you stationed at? Um, like after you left AIT. Um, yeah. So I got out of AIT. Uh, first station duty station was Fort Bliss, Texas. So El Paso. Um, I was out there. You know, what I'm saying uh, we trained for our job, like for field artillery, which is basically like cannons, like self-propelled uh, cannons and stuff, howitzers. So, like, just basically large explosives, you know, and um, we trained for that, but that's not, it wasn't being used in Iraq, so we ended up doing, like, uh, mounted patrols and stuff like that, you know. I was only at that, I was Fort Bliss for about six months before I deployed, and then, uh, you know what I'm saying, we went to Iraq doing mounted patrols and stuff. Uh, came back, like, we was, like, helping train uh, the border enforcement, like, on the end of Iran, so we would, like, uh, drive out to these different border posts and work with the local, you know, uh, military out there. Or, well, border enforcement. They kind of like military, but not really. Um, and then, you know, so that's what I did. And then came back, 
went back to my home for a hood to kind of finish out my time. Ended up deploying again. Same thing. Straight to Iraq. Right, same right. thing. Not doing my job. But this this time was kind of cool because I was on a personal security detail for a colonel. So uh, okay. I got to learn a lot and see like the higher level stuff. You know what I mean? So and uh, it's also what made me for sure that I was getting out though. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. wild, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. Um, that's crazy that you say that you got to your first base and then like six months you were gone. Because I know, like, yeah. even in the Air Force, like that was that was pretty much the same thing with us. Um, I know in mine, like, I didn't get my first appointment was in Iraq. Like, I, I went on vacation in Qatar, um, and then my second appointment was to was to Iraq. But I know when uh, Marcel here when he got got to Tendo, um, it was like four or five months. In. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I got the the month I got there. I actually found out that um, I got some email saying like, "Yeah, you need to go pick up your uh, your gear from a mobility for your deployment." I was like, fam, nobody even said shit to me about a deployment. <laughs> so uh, I guess I guess I'm going to Iraq then. Fuck it, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Right. All right. So um. So you the know. Crazy you said, thing is. Go ahead. When I when I. Oh, my bad, it had a delay, but I was going to say, uh, when I first got my orders to Bliss, uh, you know, one of my drill sergeants looked at me, he's like, oh, you good, you're not deploying, they just got back, but <laughs> sure enough, as soon as I got there, they was already flipping them back, they was only back for 11 months. Oh, shit. Damn. So, yeah, like, so then my, that's what happened to me, too, right after that, too, 11 months back, and then, peace. Yeah. Like, how long, how long were you guys deployments? Because, like, in the Air Force, um, for most of the Air Force... Um, a deployment is four months. However, in our career field, we're secure, we were security forces. Um, our deployments um, can last six months, and then they used to have 365s as well, but they got rid of those. Um, and then, like, for your uh, other beret wearers out there, like your combat controllers, your TAC-T, um, I'm sorry, TAC-P, <laughs> uh, like those guys, <laughs> um, their, their deployments, um, they usually get attached to, like, you know, saying units in the Army, um, and other branches like that. So their deployments can vary. Um, so, like, how, how long were was yours? Um, both mine was 12 months. Uh, before I got there, it was doing 15. But, yeah, both my deployments were 12 months. And then you have a two-week, uh, like, like, vacation period where you come back during that 12 months. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I couldn't handle a year-long deployments, man. Them six months was, ki- six months was just kicking my ass. Damn. I'm sorry, I ain't built for them, man. Hey, hey Marcel, what's up? If I would have joined, if I would have joined the army, right? I'll have a, uh, I would have three Camaros right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's one good thing about it, man. You, the the money good when you deploy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Good. Oh yeah. yeah they, no, no, yeah. they conveniently leave out all the other shit that comes with it, though. Like that. That's one thing I realized. Everybody talk about the money, but bro. And I ain't gonna lie, I'm still salty. I don't care how much money I made during that time. People was hating, like, you know, my friends at the time, you know, you make so much money or whatever. I like, you don't know, we, we ain't here for nothing. You see the conditions they live in and stuff over there. Like, we occupying their territory. Pretty <laughs> you much. Know what I mean? <laughs> you trying to tell me, oh, you make a good money, you know? Yeah, I said to Josh a couple episodes. It was, the same. I just can't <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much like, uh, what was it? A, a bunch of middle class and poor kids in the military. 
going to a country, you know, policing a bunch of poor middle class people. You know what I'm saying? Also, it's like it's like a revolving circle. It's like, yo, this 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 what y'all hood look like, you know? Pretty much, man. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty yeah, much, exactly. man. pretty much, bro. Um, so wh- wh- where are we at? Like, did you um? Did you get a? Did you ever get like stationed overseas, like at like a um, a base, like uh, like Japan or Germany, Germany somewhere like outside of a hot zone? I've never been anywhere cool in the military, man. So <laughs> I was only in for five years, right? So first first thing I went to was Oklahoma. That was my first time ever being on a plane, and it was like a forty five minute flight from Dallas to <laughs> to okay. Oklahoma. Yeah. And then uh, you know Fort Bliss deployed, came All back. Right. Fort Hood, deployed, came back, uh, finished up my time, like, eight months I had left, and then I had took a, like, I had got out 90 days earlier than I was supposed to, because there was, like, a special chapter where if you go into school, you get out 90 days early, and, man, honestly, my unit had never even processed that type of chapter, so I had to, like, you know, show them what it was, you know how it is sometimes when you gotta show other people the regulations, right, you know what I mean, so it was a pain going through that process, but it worked out for me, I got out. 2013, yeah. Okay. Damn, all right, bet, man. Yeah, that's we, crazy. Yeah, we all joined around right, the same so, time and got out around the same time, give or take. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I signed, because I signed a six. Yeah, I signed um, a eight. You signed a six, too, didn't you? No, I signed, yeah, Marcel eight. signed a six. And you said you had a five. That's, that's fucking wild, bro. <laughs> so, like, um, you said um, your last your last deployment, you were doing, like, a detail um, for a colonel. And, um... So my next question, and it has to deal with that, because you said that after you did that, like you, you just knew you was getting out of the military. <laughs> so, um, what happened that you that you got out? You know what I'm saying? And what what did your exit strategy look like? Uh, for me, like I kind of already knew I, I wanted to get out. I could kind of, I'm I'll take a step back real quick and give you a little more detail. So like when I when I joined, uh, and don't be salty because I know y'all joined the Air Force. Uh, <laughs> so y'all didn't, I know y'all didn't get this, but I had an option. Of a forty thousand dollar bonus, right. or a thirty thousand dollar bonus, and uh, the kicker for the GI Bill. So knowing I wanted to get out, you know what I'm saying? I had a baby, I had my wife. Knowing I was just doing this to try to survive, you know what I'm saying? And hopefully go to college later and do something else. Mm-hmm. I took the thirty thousand and the kicker, even though it was getting, you know, I knew it'd get paid way, way later. So I kind of knew I was gonna get out eventually because I wanted, I, you know, I took advantage of those benefits when I signed up. Um, after my first deployment, my mom had passed away, uh, like a few months after I got back and I was supposed to get, uh, what's called a compassionate reassignment to go back home to Fort Hood, like take care of her house and everything. Uh, but they kind of fucked me over and I basically had to reenlist instead. Like normally I should have just got sent back, finished my time and got out. Uh, but since I had less than 24 months left, they were like, oh, you have to add like six months onto your time, you know, to be able to change. So that kind of made it even worse for me, right? You know what I'm saying? So I'm already thinking I'm probably going to get out. Then that happens, and I'm like, nah, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm to, I can't wait to get out. Right. And then so the, the, the one plus was, the one plus side of it was, when I get to my new duty station, I'm not supposed to deploy because of the compassionate reassignment shit. Well, that didn't happen, uh, man. And I found out, like, two weeks before, uh, like, before the deployment, I like, my whole unit's deploying, and I'm planning to stay on rear detachment. And then, uh, like, two weeks before, the sergeant major comes up to me like, hey, you got your bags packed? Because I had been assigned as the colonel's driver during this time. And so uh, the sergeant major comes up to me like, hey, you got your bags packed? 
I was like, bags packed for what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that day they were locking up the the Connexes. They were locking up the Connexes with rucksacks to go overseas. He sent me home to fill my shit up that day. Like, you about to go, so go get your shit. You know what I mean? And then, Damn. you know, from, from that point on, I was like, I'm definitely getting out. You mm. know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, just, just seeing at the high levels, yeah, I was mad as hell, man. I thought about going AWOL. You know, all that stuff. I was in my feelings hard at that yeah. time, you know? Like, we, it, it's crazy because, like, yeah, we would know, like, months in advance, like, motherfuckers yeah. would just drop shit on us. Like, you need time to prepare. Because, like, I know yeah. I would have been mad as fuck, you know what I'm saying? If it's, if, especially if it's during spring break, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, like, dog, I got, I got some trip coming over later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't deploy, like, I'm going to be on the next flight. Yeah. But, like, damn, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, because I, I mean, I feel like you need, um, you know what I'm saying, it's combat arms, too. Okay. Go, go ahead. I was just saying, this combat arms, too, so, you know, we on cycles. Like, they deployment cycles. They don't give a shit, you know what I mean? Right. It ain't like they have a, a group of people to choose from. It's like, you're going. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> Damn. Uh, what, what, yeah. Real quick, uh, real, real quick, uh, was it difficult um, getting into that mindset um, knowing that you're going from I'm good, I'm going to be stateside to hey, I'm about to dip out in a few? What was that like? For me, for sure, it was it was, it was was a lot for me because I never had really time when I got back to like process the changes because like, my second deployment was kind of cake. Uh, my first deployment was like uh, we were staying at, like, tents, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was, like, in a remote area of Iraq, you know what I mean? So doing mounted patrols, not really good AC, that all that, like, like the shit you see on a movie, like, it, it was not comfortable, you know? Yeah. So then I was just readjusting to being back here and how you're supposed to act, you know, being stateside and stuff. And then, you know, my mom passed away, so I never really dealt with none of that bullshit like I should have. And then leaving again, really, yeah, if that, that second deployment really fucked me up because I was like, damn, man, I really had got like, all right, I'm back. You know what I mean? I'm good. I ain't mm-hmm. got to worry about deploying or nothing. And then they just hit you with it, you know. So, but it's all good. It worked out, man. So, yeah, that's... I'm here now. Yeah. All right. So, like, um, so your timeline from leaving the military, you said you got out in 2013. Um, your timeline from what, what is what is your timeline from then, like up until now, look like? And then what made you um, change career paths? Yeah, uh, man, it, it's kind of crazy. So I was planning on doing nursing uh, when I got out. So like I went to school for one semester. Uh, when I first got out, I was just going to school. Uh, like, knocking out my prerequisites for nursing and stuff. Uh, then me and my wife decided to move down to San Antonio from Colleen because there's not really much uh, opportunity, like, for our kids up there. You know, at that time, we had two kids. We both grew up there, and we kind of know what it's like, you know. So uh, we moved down to San Antonio, and uh, I had just got an opportunity. Like, USAA was hiring for veterans specifically. Um, and I, I applied just to apply to, like, have a job, you know what I mean? But then I was like, fuck it, man. I just switched my degree over to business because I was like, I already got a job. I just need the degree, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. Uh, in order to get promoted now. Um, So I started going to a local school here, uh, Incarnate Word. And then, uh, you know, I did my, I was just working full time, doing my school at night, like going to night classes and shit, using my GI Bill. Um, 
then I, you know, I left from uh, USAA, worked at J.P. Morgan and in Investments uh, for about a year, came back to USAA, man, I was kind of job hopping, trying to figure out, you know, what I was trying to do and try to stay afloat, going to school and everything, balancing, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So basically, like, the last, for like 2013 till I graduated with my doctorate last year, 2020, I was just Congrats, going to man. school and working full time, man. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> One time for the degrees. There you go, man. What's go, what's going on, Doc? <laughs> hey, that's some, that's some real Jamaican shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, we got to give you a prize, man, because cause, uh, finishing school, man, you know, that, that grind, that, consist, that consistent grind, man, it's hard. You know, it's hard staying afloat. It's hard, you know. Um, making it, making it, making it all the way through. I tried, you know, uh, we talked about in previous episodes, you know, different things happen throughout your career as a, you know, as a veteran and trying to navigate school and a job. And, you know, it's not always easy to, so to see another veteran, you know, make it and, you know, um, uh, making it, you know, it, um, it's good to see, man. Um, it's good to see an examples of that. Cause it's, um, you know, you know, we, you know, we talked about it. I think our first conversation, you know, there's a narrative of, you know, what veterans are like, you know, we all just out here running around with AR-15s for no reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's good to see, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, that's one thing I would say, like, I know I'll probably sound negative on the military from what I said so far, but, I credit being able to do it from to the military for sure. Like, mm-hmm. cause when I got out, it was like, you know, you already used to doing whatever the hell you got to do. And then it's like, I could get money to go to school. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I could work full time, take good care of my family, knock out these degrees. You know, there's times where it sucked, but it was like, just keep on doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not coming out of your pockets. You know what I mean? Yeah. The time passes either way. You know, it's up to you if you're going to do something. Yeah. All right, and so um, you, you talk about the, uh, you know, you going into USA, um, JP Morgan. What, um, what about the business, the, the field of business um, kind of attracted you and kind of made you want to kind of keep, stay in that field and kind of keep pushing? Uh, for me, it was just I got more interested in, uh, I've always been in the Army, I was seen as a complainer. But what it is, is I've always been interested in fixing things, you know what I mean? Like making, when, when something's not operating, you know, smoothly, you can, you can make it work better. And it's usually just talking to people or being able to communicate to, you know, with people without being an asshole. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, when I, what I studied in school was organizational development, which is basically like change management, uh, getting people to understand, like basically making an organization and the people work together, right? Like. For the organization to be successful, it needs people to be invested in it, working hard. Mm-hmm. But then you need to do something, invest in them, take care of them too as well. You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I ended up like studying. And then, you know, I just followed that business path to whatever was interesting to me. Which So now I ended up studying like a wide, you know, variety of stuff. Now I teach classes in change management, uh, leadership. Uh, those those type of organizational development, HR management, and a MBA program, uh, and then I also do consulting in like those same kind of areas. Okay. Okay. So you're uh, like a finance consultant. Uh, not necessarily for finance. I mean, uh, finance and investment for me. I worked in the business basically educating financial advisors for about a year when I worked at J.P. Morgan. Uh, 
I think I'm more so of a like business educator, I guess, if I had to put it like one broad term. Like I'll teach any different business uh, related subject. Mm-hmm. Finance just something that happens to interest me. Okay. Okay. All right. I mess with it. I definitely fucks with it, man. So, you know, I have to have you come back as a regular. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with everything you described, you definitely sound like the kind of person that should actually stay in the army. You know what I'm saying? See, she actually trying to change it, <laughs> but you out, unfortunately. Oh, no, no, they'd be all right. They'd be all right without me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Oh, I'm sure they're doing just fine, man. Well, I mean, you know, not really, but, um, you know, it's uh, you, you, what what do, what do you real quick? What do, what do you think when you see all the all these you know the stories coming out of like Fort Hood and you know all the tra- tragedies, the deaths, and, you know sexual assaults, all that stuff? Um, you know, us as vets, we talk about it, and you know it kind of saddens us because we know that it's like, you know, besides talking about it, we know that it's not much we can do. Um, how, how do you feel? You know, kind of having a deeper connection to the army and you know all the stories that you're constantly seeing come out about it. It's hard, man, especially because, like, I mean, you know how it is in the military. You kind of, uh, the one the one thing you always feel like you kind of have having your back when you're in the military is, like, they're going to take care of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No matter how shitty your situation is with your job or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You, you feel, you're supposed to feel protected. You know, you got your benefits. Your health's going to be taken care of. Uh, and then you see the reality is that's not what happens at all, man. You know, leadership just kind of fails to do anything, you know, and then it, it's, it's really sad seeing everything, it's always Fort Hood, man, like, stop putting my, you know, my hometown, <laughs> people already don't like Colleen, I don't know if y'all ever heard of Colleen, but, uh, it's not popular, you know, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, and the, the thing is, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a bad place, man, but, you know, a lot of people come from everywhere, because it's a big, mil- like, the biggest military base, you know, that we have, you know what I'm saying, so, People settle there from the military. Think about it. The worst people to get kicked out of the military, the people that only joined in the first place because they couldn't do nothing else good. You know what I mean? Like me, I'm not like hating on them. I'm just saying, you know, yeah, people that couldn't do nothing else, you know, and then right. and they wind up there, just migrants, you know what I'm saying? So there's people from all over the country, and, you know, sometimes it, it, mm. doesn't, it doesn't mail well, you know what I'm saying? So It's kind of rough. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love my city. I'm just trying to hear nothing but... You know, I'm tired of hearing bad stuff all the time coming out of here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yo, Marcel, you got, um... You want me to pick it, pick it up? You got some questions on... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So, um, we've been talking... We've we been touching on it a little bit. Um, the, the, with the One of the main reasons, reasons we're here today is just to kind of, you know, have... Uh, get uh, a, a, you know like a basic intro you know to finances stocks you know crypto um it's something that's that's everywhere we want to find out some more we want to share that with our guests you know we are kind of um i'm on the i'm on the, the the infant level when it comes to this crypto stuff definitely um in other areas too i just kind of do the basic so you know we just want to ha- uh, have a better understanding so you know by the time we hit episode you know 50 you know what I'm saying? Our our crypto talks, you know what I'm saying, is is up here. You know what I'm saying? We're not still talking about, hey, what is a what is a Bitcoin? You know what I'm saying? So we, we wanna definitely upgrade that. Gotcha. You know, and you know, maybe maybe even start our own our own uh our own coin. Uh I texted Josh today, I was like, Hey, what what do you think about a crypt coin? 
not not trying to start nothing, but I don't know the the the, the sound of it just sounds yeah, cool. Like a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. I was like, damn. I was like, you know, if I, if I were to have my own coin, and I was like, damn, a crypt, that just it just sound nice. You know what I'm saying? It just hey, and I mean, let me get two crypt coin. It just rolls. It, it, it does roll off coin. It does roll. I want to be paid in only crypt coin. Hey, I'm getting switches from my Apollo next. All right, so um. So for starters, uh, let's just start by talking about uh, let's just see what we got here. Um, what is the stock? Um, what is it? What is its importance? Um, um, and for those, like I said, for those who want to start from the ground level, where do we begin? Um, yeah, so far, the super starters, what is the stock? Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, tell me when I need to explain more or if I'm like explaining like too, too low level, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> okay. uh, I don't want to insult your intelligence. I also don't want to, I also don't want to skip over something you need, you know what I'm saying? So just let okay. me know. Um, so like, as far as stock, I mean, most people have at least heard of it from the news or from, you know, their parents invested in stuff. Um, basically to like take a step back, like there's two ways if you run a business that you could raise money, right? You want to do things to expand your business or you want to invest in, uh, so that you can grow, right? So you can do one thing, one of two things. You could either borrow money from somebody, which would be taking on debt, right? That you're going to pay back. Um, or you can offer equity in your company. You're selling somebody a piece of the company in, you know, in hopes that the company grows overall and everybody, you know, makes money eventually. Um, so a stock basically is just, you know, it's a form of ownership in a company, uh, even if it's a very small percentage of ownership in a company. Um, and, it, you know, you just hope that, that if you're expecting that in company to rise in value or be successful over time, you know, then you have the option to participate in the market by purchasing stock uh, so that you could gain wealth along with that company. So basically, um, especially for people that don't own a business, uh, it represents kind of your opportunity to come up financially. Uh, because, you know, if you're just having your income, you have a set income your whole life and you got your, you know, you got your budget down and everything, but you have nothing growing, you know, uh, eventually you're not going to have much left to show for it versus you could be growing it over time. Um, so, you know, uh, some stock might have uh, voting privileges, like versus for who serves on the board and in leadership positions, stuff like that. Uh, some stocks pay dividends, which is in addition to you owning that portion of equity, uh, you get paid out frequently, uh, like a set amount based on whatever is declared by the company. Um, so that's that's the basics of what a stock, a stock is. It's just a the simplest way to think of it is a, a piece of ownership in the company. All right. And um, as far as um, resources go, um, what websites, um, apps, um, what can, you know, me, Josh, and our listeners, um, you know, use, um, listen to, uh, all that stuff to get a better understanding, you know? So again, we want to further the conversation, but in order to do that, you know, one is, one is definitely having rep, rep, uh, reputable sources because, you know, like for example, Wall Street Bets, I think is a bad example for people to, you know, get their, you know, information from when it comes to being a, a rookie. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, in, in your opinion, yeah. uh, what are, what are the sources that you see that, you know, young people, you know, millennials and Gen Z can go to the, to, to have that basic understanding and build on that. 
So, uh, and, and no hate on Wall Street Bets. You know, I know we kind of had a conversation about it before. Right. Uh, there's a, it's, it's, it's a community that has its own purpose uh, and uh, culture, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not a place where if you're a beginner, you want to pop in there and, you know, <laughs> read the first thing you see and go out and buy, you know, buy a stock because you saw, you know, on the headline there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the, f- the first thing I always guide people towards is kind of an old resource, but investopedia.com. Uh, that's where I got started learning about like all the different terms you hear and you don't really know what they're talking about. You right. know, you turn on CNBC and they're talking about like the price to earnings ratio for a company, you know, and stuff like that. Or even something as simple as revenue for people like who aren't involved in business at all. You know, they don't know any terminology. Uh, Investopedia is a great place, man. There's tons of lessons, uh, formulas for different valuation methods, like to learn to analyze a company. Uh, different stocks and different types of uh, securities that are available. Investopedia is a great place to, to start. They even have a simulator for trading. So, like, you can open what's called a paper trading account where they give you, like, $100,000 of fake currency. Um, and, you know, you could try your hand at your investing and see how it grows over time. Practice different strategies without putting your real money up. Okay. You know, uh, it's, it's a before. really good like monopoly, learning tool. Like a real-life monopoly of the sorts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what I encourage people to do, if you do uh, use like that trading simulator, don't think of it like a game when you do it. You know, try to make move, uh, you know, trades and stuff that you yeah. would really do. You know, if that was your money, because it's tempting because they give you like a fake hundred thousand dollars, right? So if you don't have a hundred thousand dollars and you're like, yeah, all right, bet <laughs> yeah, really I'm gonna buy this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so three shares of Tesla, or, or yeah, three shares of Tesla, or some shit like that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Try to do, you know, try to uh, do some of the similar stuff that you would do in a real account, you know. Okay. Uh, and what's I mean, the name of that website the again? The cool thing is you can have a million accounts. So you could have, you know, you could do other accounts where you try aggressive things as well, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, just to, to learn it before you put your money in. And then other, some uh, firms have paper trading accounts too. Like I think TD Ameritrade has uh, like a learner's account. There's no real money, something similar. Okay. Other than that, YouTube, uh, I mean, YouTube have a lot of actual good resources as far as education, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of fluff out there, uh, but I'll be honest, even in all of my education, you know what I mean? Like, you can put a degree on the wall, whatever, man, I'll go to YouTube whenever I need to learn something, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, there's some good people. There's, uh, there's this professor uh, from N- NYU, Stern School of Business, uh, Oswath Domoderen. Uh, he has all of his MBA valuation classes and investment classes that he teaches. He's like one of the top finance guys out there. I mean, he's a genius. He knows anything there is to know about finance. All his MBA classes, the whole class, for free on his website and on his YouTube channel. You know what I mean? So uh, that's definitely a great resource. Uh, and then uh, we talked about kind of communities before, like uh, things like Clubhouse, you know, starting to pop up where people can talk about different ideas. Uh, those are pretty cool because, you know, you can criticize the ideas or get criticism on your investment ideas, you know what I mean? Let people poke a hole in, you know, uh, sure. what you're thinking is. Right, you know right. What I mean? That's solid. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, as far as, um, I think you said, uh, Reddit, um, I think, you, what, what, what did you say? Is r slash um, investments or um, uh, which one was it that you said is, is, a, is another good one on Reddit? I got a couple good ones right here. Yeah, so like uh, r slash investing, um, r slash financial planning. 
r slash personal finance and r slash dividends are an awesome good uh like i would say uh, some of the safer you know what i mean communities where they're going to have more serious conversations uh, right. regarding investment so so if you have questions uh or you know just want to hop in there and see the conversations that are already happening uh you'll you'll get a lot of knowledge from any of Okay, that that's that's dope, man. I like that. I think um like like we were talking about on the phone. I think um you know we need to normalize just like how you know we can spit out facts about NBA and talk about what we think you know what's gonna happen a year from now, two years from now. Yo, we need to be talking about crypto investing, all that stuff too. And you know, I think um you know for us this is kind of where it starts. Um and hopefully going forward, you know, we can have more people like you just try to help us, help guide us. You know. And, you know, build a community when it comes to that, because I think it's, it's kind of dope, man. You know, now that we got a podcast and everything, it's like, yo, we can all kind of do this together. It doesn't just have to be, all right, well, I got 1500 I'm but I'm going to put into these, these stocks. Let me sit here quietly and, and, you know, hope that, you know, this shit go up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can hit a Josh and be like, yo, man, I got, I got 1500 there. I got 500 there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's make sure, you know, we keep, keep in contact about it. Hey man, how's your stock doing? You know what I'm saying? What you've been doing? Um, yeah, you know the the, the verbiage that comes with it because I don't know how to I can't fake talk about shit that I don't know about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the conversations yeah. that come with that, you know, over time, <laughs> that that's what we try to be. Yeah, no, that's that's a good uh, a good way to start. You know, what I'm saying having those conversations like it's better to start learning a little bit at a time than to be the guy like you know I got friends that are always asking me like yo. What should I invest in? And I'm like, man, I can't tell you what to right. do with your money. You know what I mean? Because I don't know if I'm right. You know? Yeah. So that's that's your livelihood. So it's such an open question, too. A little responsibility. Yeah. Huh? It's a, I think it's such an open question, too, when it's like he's just asking, like, what like what random thing right. you think I should invest in versus, hey, do you already have, like, an idea, understanding of what you want to do? Um, and uh, Yeah, like, what, yeah. Last thing what's I'll your say. goal? What's your what's your risk tolerance? How long is the investment? You know, like, wh- are you trying to use to buy a house? Are you trying to save up for your retirement? Like, the, you know, a million questions when you ask somebody about investment that's all personal. You know. No. Yeah. Correct. And last thing I say, you know, me and Josh, we uh, we uh, we never released this episode, but we were talking about. Um, you know, back in like 2008, 2012, and, you know, coming back from different deployments when we got money. And, you know, we're, we're talking about how much, you know, Amazon costs, Netflix costs. And we're like, yo, man, like, we wow, wish we had already been having these conversations, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, damn, all this shit just skyrocketed, you know? But here we are, you know, a year, <laughs> a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> Stock is only like fucking at the time, still like a dollar and some fucking change. Yeah, it was the ridiculous. subscription was more than their fucking stock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy, right? Like, and you know, but it's cool that you look back at it and, and realize those missed opportunities. Because, like, I'll tell you, for example, Netflix, like, I, I got into investing when I was like 19, like when I was deployed, I was bored, started reading, you know, and shit. Um, but I remember, like, in 2011 or two, yeah, 2011, I was deployed. And there was this one sergeant I couldn't stand, man. He was just like, I thought he knew it all. And he would talk about like his Netflix stock all the time. 
Like, I got this Netflix stock, I got this Netflix stock. And I think it was at, like, $75 at the time. And I was like, man, shut up. Net, you know, I was like, Netflix about to go out of business, man. Prime, Prime Video coming, Walmart coming with their subscription. You know, and, and I'm, I was dead wrong, right? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Dead course, wrong. I, was like, now, I hope he kept that stock. He probably got some money now. Probably. Hell yeah, hell yeah. same page um when it comes to buying selling trading um what do beginners need to know and i and i think the 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 term beginner is should should be used pretty broadly because you know personally it correct me if i'm wrong i don't think just because you you know you've been trading for a couple years that makes you you know, an expert or even mediocre, yeah, right? I think, right. I think, I think it requires, you know, a deep analysis. So I think a lot of people, you know, who don't think they're beginners still are. So, you know, for people like us, you know, the, the, the new beginners and the older beginners, right? Um, buying, selling, trading. Um, what are some of the basics that we need to know when getting into this? Um, do I need to have, you know, a bunch of money to, to get into it? Um, what, yeah, what, what, what I look like. You definitely don't need a lot of a lot of money to start trading, uh, or I I, sh- I say trading because I trade a lot, so I'm sorry. I mean investing is what I you know I mm-hmm. should mean to say, like because because you know more experienced people are gonna have like investing could be as complicated as you want it to be or as simple as you want it to be. You know what I mean? You're gonna have passive investors who own mutual funds or ETFs. If you don't know those terms, it's cool. You'll get to know them. Um, you know, where they, they invest in like passive investments, they don't really watch it. They just let it grow. You know what I mean? Uh, then you have people who trade all day, every day in specific niche areas. You know what I mean? People who trade the market broadly. Uh, so like, like you said, beginner could be any, any, uh, any number of years of trading could still be a beginner, just like working out. Right. Like when you get, when you get on the workout plan, you want to do like, I'm getting on the intermediate, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Which ain't worked out in five years. No, you got to start back at the beginner, bro. You know, you know what I'm saying? You need, you should probably yeah. be doing the beginner one. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. But really, like I said, don't rush in. Take your time. Uh, you know, find out your own risk tolerance for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't need to be invested in stock at all. Some people are. Like, I have friends that are very risk averse. You know, they, they don't want to. Uh, if you don't, if you can't lose any money, don't invest any money. That's, that's straightforward. You know what I mean? Like, you need to be investing over the long term for capital growth, you know, so that you'll have something, uh, you know, to appreciate and sit on later in life. But it, like we said, that's different for every single person, you know, how much mm-hmm. you're going to plan on needing and everything. Um, yeah. it, my only advice starting off is main thing is, like, make sure you're working with a reputable broker, you know what I mean? So educate yourself a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, through some of the resources that we talked about already. Um Stay away from the new, you know, the newer brokers. Like we talked about, you can buy stock on Cash App now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I got feelings about that. I've, <laughs> I've told friends I have. A, I don't uh, what what what's, what's your issue with it? I'm curious because it might be it's probably the same as mine. Well, 
like I don't I just don't feel comfortable with it. Like it's it's a it's an app designed to send money. Okay, that's one thing. I'm cool with that because that's what the app was was designed for. But like this whole trading and things like that, why I can just go to Yahoo or what are your um, fears? Is, is my question. Wall Street Journal or something like that, and just do it that way. There are other there are other apps that I can use to do that that are experienced in that. Why would I use okay. Cash App? Got that? you. It, okay. It, Exactly, and so that's what I was, I mean, you answered the question right there. So same thing with Robinhood. Uh, one, Robinhood, I mean, I'm sure if y'all saw through these congressional hearings, has uh, uh, some questionable, uh, kind of like who, it's, it's kind of like who has control over them. Not necessarily that they have a problem, but, you know, who controls them. There's some questionable relationships. Uh, but the main thing, if, let's say that's, there's nothing going on there, right? Things like Robinhood and Cash App, like you said, they're first sending money. Uh, like, go to a reputable broker who's been doing that for years. If you've had Robinhood or Cash App and try to get somebody on the phone when you have an issue, it's going to be damn near impossible to get somebody on the phone. The app is going to route you to a phone number to get on the phone with a person, and the phone's going to send you back to the app. I mean, we had people recently having those problems, you know. Uh, and uh, my other thing is they kind of it's, – it's a little too gamified. It's too easy to click on a tile. It says Nike there. I like Nike, you know. And you push the you push the Nike button. Now you buy Nike. Like, uh, you should put a little more thought process into your investments. You know, it's great for access. I'm I'm all for everybody should be able to have access to investments and you know buying stocks and stuff. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be any easier. You know what I mean? It's already not that difficult if you educate yourself just a little bit uh, to right. work with some of the existing brokers out there. Um, I like that. Um, I I didn't I didn't know where Josh was going initially because to me it was like, well, you know, the ease of it. But then you know, with um, something I never thought about is you know, it doesn't happen to everybody, but you know, some people have issues, and we all know what it's like when you try to call a number on an app. You ain't talking to nobody. <laughs> ain't nobody there. Right. Nobody Venmo, uh, any of them, yeah. And and this is your money. I mean, you talking about people have Robinhood is not just. Uh, like, it's not just all people playing with a couple hundred bucks buying a stock here and there. I, I know people close that have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or more in, in these Robinhood accounts. And imagine you can't get on the phone when you need to, like, you know, the app's not working and you need to place a trade quickly. Or mm-hmm. you need to m- pull money out for something in an emergency and you can't get, you know, you can't take care of it, man. And that's that's a big problem for me. And these other firms are also competitive but, man, customer service is insane with Fidelity, Schwab, TD Ameritrade. Man, you're going to get the help you need. They might even give you some advice, you know, you know, on your trade. Like, uh, I like Tastyworks as a broker, which is one a lot of people probably haven't heard of, but they're really good. Like, I've called a place to trade, and then the dude's like, ah, are you sure about that? You know, convince me to, to hold off on it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's an advantage to going with established brokers for sure. Okay. Um, did you have something you wanted to, to say, Josh? No, no, that was it. Okay. Yeah. So as, as, so speaking of brokers, um, so, so seeing that we're, you know, we are the beginners and, and just getting into it. Some, something for me, you know, when it comes to this is, you know, the language and, you know, not necessarily the barriers, but, um, brokers, right. Um, I, 
speaking of stocks, I you know I was, I was put a, put a couple of G's in the Robin Hood. I pulled it out because I got scared. But um, you know, um, having brokers and things like that—that's something that I never even you know knew about. So can you talk about specifically where brokers are, and you know, uh, are there other apps out there that are as accessible with like Robin Hood? But like uh, it sounded like they have a little bit a, a few more uh, safeguards. Can you talk about those? Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, basically a broker, most brokers actually are broker-dealers now, which is, I don't need to get into the semantics, but basically just like your bank holds your money and handles your financial transactions, if you wanted to buy stock or other securities like bonds, uh, options, things like those, uh, you would do it through a broker. So, uh, essentially think of it as, like, a different type of bank that you use, you know, for your investment accounts. Um, And uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, they all have pretty good apps these days like everything's pretty updated with mobile mm-hmm. um, but you know before a thing like Robinhood, when you say my broker is an app right because it came out as an app it's always been as an app um, these other brokers traditionally came from uh, like what used to be like a more financial advising model they still have some of that for like higher wealth clients and stuff like that but mm-hmm. the majority of investing done now is self-directed right like you open a brokerage account or you open an IRA account for your retirement um, and you invest on your own. Um, so, like, the ones that I like that I've used personally um, would be, like, Schwab, Fidelity, uh, TD Ameritrade, and Tastyworks. Those those four specifically. But any of the major brokers, like, you can look all this stuff up, like, on NerdWallet. Uh, you know, it'll have a review of different brokers, show you who the best brokers are. I don't want you to think, like, I'm pushing any of these. No, no, no. Uh, those, that's, those, you know what I'm saying? But those are, like, the people I'm personally comfortable with. Mm-hmm. They all have good apps. They all have good, uh, you know, online uh, interfaces, even for, like, on your computer. And uh, most importantly, they have, like, established compliance departments. Like, that's kind of the, the thing that doesn't really exist as much with a lot of these newer. Like, if you buy a stock or Robinhood and Cash app, I'm sure they have, you know, plenty of lawyers that have the department set up for compliance and stuff. But have they actually had to deal with a lot of these compliance issues, you know what I mean? Uh, in their history and I would I would just pr- personally prefer to have you know that money at a company that's specifically for that is separate you know for your investing and you think about that as like where your nest egg is like my nest egg is at this company I do my transferring through this company I keep my bank at this company you know what I mean just keeping it completely completely kind of separate on its own instead of thinking of it as you know something that you just hop in real quick and you know pop mm-hmm. in and out of Usually, um, things like that, they usually have, like, a actual brick-and-mortar place where people will work as well. Yeah, yeah, if you even need that, honestly. Like, I, I, I'll say in most cases, like, I've never been to a brick-and-mortar of any. Like, I'm a, like I said earlier, like, I used to work at USAA. I bank with USA. I'm kind of used to the online, like, completely online. But you got to have some type of customer service, like, someone I could talk to when I need it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would prefer not to talk to you physically. I would hop on the chat versus calling you. You know what I mean? But you need to have something where I can get at you real quick, you know? Right, right. All right. Yeah, I got a couple couple G's with y'all. I need to holler at y'all real quick. Exactly. Oh, uh, sorry. Please go to the app and click on <laughs> conversation. You nah, know? fam. Like... <laughs> I feel you, though. Hey, so, so, uh, um, so real quick, um, you mentioned, uh, 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 so, uh you mentioned the IRA previously, um, so, so just kind of diversion real quick. Um, when it comes to investing and um, 
uh, things like that are consi- is considering um, a Roth IRA um, uh, 401k. Uh, so real quick, what are the difference between a Roth IRA and a 401k? And should we be, um, are these safer options to, um, I'm sorry, I know I'm going around. Are these safer options to uh, trading or should be, or should this be um, a part of our, uh, us diversifying um, when we, when we consider investing? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, they're they're all useful, and I'll take a I'll take a step back real quick and say first, uh, you know, first and foremost, before you start investing in anywhere, you need to have an emergency fund of some kind. You know, uh, depending on how conservative you are, people say three to six months of your expenses. Some people say you should have at least twelve months of expenses because you never know what's going to happen. You know, uh, and you know, for most people, like let's be honest, that's a considerable amount of money. You know, you might have a savings account, but most of most people don't have three to six months of like all their expenses, you know, set aside. And we're talking about not in an investment in a savings account where if you need it today, because you know, you know, what I'm saying somebody's sick in your family and you need to fly up there to see them, you know, that you can access it. Uh, so, so that's first and foremost having that emergency fund. Now, from then, the next place I would place my investments if you have an employer who matches any portion of what you contribute to their retirement plan, you need to at least be uh, getting that match. You know what I mean? Don't leave free money ever. No matter how much you make on an investment, it's never going to be like 100% like that free money, you know what I'm saying, that you that you gave up. Uh, so I would look towards investing in your 401k if you're looking like for your retirement as your first place that you put your money, um, at least up to the match, if not more. Like, if, if you're lucky enough to have an employer with that type of situation, I know a lot of people don't necessarily even have, you know, a match uh, for a 401k. Um, and then if you wanted to do some self-directed investing, you know, 401k, you're only going to have the option of this is how much money comes out of your check. And if you're lucky and you have a real good 401k plan, they might let you choose from a couple different, you know, types of investments, and then they invest it for you. Um, yeah, uh, IRA is going to be more self-directed account. Uh you know, there's less money that you're able to put into it each year, like that the IRS allows you to contribute. Uh, but you can kind of buy and trade however you wish to do within that. Um, and it's an important distinction because, man, I, I can't tell you when I worked at J.P. Morgan how many people I saw that had an IRA and they would call, like, I need a balance on my IRA. I'd be like, man, your balance is $10,000. Like, that can't be right. I put $10,000 in there when I opened it 10 years ago. And they're like, yeah, you put $10,000 in the account, but you didn't do nothing with it. You know, and, but, you know, they think it's in an investment account, just mm-hmm. like you would with your 401k. Like, it's invested, right. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not, you know, it's not the same. You got to actually uh, do something with the money inside it. So that's really the difference. You know, the, the 401k is going to be the easiest way to get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, an IRA for investing on your own. A brokerage will be a non-retirement, just, you know, short-term, more short-term investing okay. for you. Yeah, and then there's it's important to understand the distinction for both, like, when you talk about a Roth, um, both 401k and IRA, depending, again, on your employer always for the 401k, are, might have a traditional or a Roth option, right? So there's an IRA and there's a Roth IRA, which are two different things as far as how you're taxed. A traditional IRA, you put money in now tax-free, you write it off on your taxes. Like, so let's say you put in $6,000 into your IRA, you write it off on your taxes, you don't pay taxes on it now, it grows through your investments or whatever, and then when you pull it out of retirement, 
you pay taxes. A Roth is a better option if you qualify for it because there are income uh, restrictions. If you make over, I don't know what the exact amount is anymore, but it's, it's well in the hundreds of thousands, like 140000 last I checked, which was years ago. Uh, but if you qualify for a Roth, it's better because what happens is you basically pay taxes now in whatever tax bracket you're in, right? So, like, let's say you put your 6000 in, you go ahead and pay taxes normally. You don't get to defer it like you would in a traditional. But then when you withdraw, you withdraw that money and your gains tax-free. You know what I mean? So it works better because you don't get taxed on all those gains in the long run if you qualify for, you know, for the Roth. Okay. So, yeah. I, I know that's a lot, so I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, you're, you're good. It, it's, um... Oh, no, nah, nah, you good, man. Yeah, I think I identifying in me. I, yeah. I understood. I paid, yeah, I was picking okay, up. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, it's hard not to get in the weeds because I find myself following one train of thought, and I'm like, well, also you need to know this, and also this, yeah. and also this, you know. I can follow it. I can follow it. And this this is why this is the intro. This is why this the this baby step. So you know we gonna just build on this information. You know what I'm saying? So for y'all people that are like gotcha, me that gotcha. that don't get it the first time, just hit rewind and you know listen to it again until you get that shit. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, you you wanna, you you want to pick up Josh? You want to uh you want to go from here and then I'll hop back in a little bit later. So what's the um what's the difference between having between having uh, about three or five hundred three or five G's in your uh, savings account versus taking that money and investing in the stock market? Yeah, so and of course I'm gonna sound like I'm going back to this a lot, but first thing is having that emergency fund. You know what I mean? So assuming you have your emergency fund mm-hmm. in a savings account on its own, uh, depending on your tolerance, you know your your uh, risk tolerance, you you should definitely be growing that money somewhere other than in a savings account um there's various options whether it be in like aggressive stocks extremely conservative stocks um there's also mutual funds and etfs i don't know if y'all are are y'all familiar with that at all i I am not i'm not uh i am not either Uh, all right all right cool cool so it's it's easy just think of a mutual i'll explain a mutual fund and then an etf it'll be easier that way uh so a mutual fund is basically like Let's say I have $100. I can't really go out and buy all these different stocks I want, right? Like, I might want to have a variety of stocks that I own, but I only have $100. I can't even buy one share of, like, Tesla or Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what mutual funds allow people to do is basically pool their money together, where basically all you do is invest a certain amount periodically, um, and a larger fund of people are all doing the same thing, and it's managed by the mutual fund company who basically trades on your behalf. You know what I mean? So basically that larger pool of money comes, you might have a smaller share of everything, but you still have that diversity of ownership. You know what I mean? Um, And then an ETF is basically the same thing, man. Like if anyone finances listening to this, they're going to be like, who's this idiot? It's not the same thing. But it basically, as far as understanding the purposes, the only difference is uh, ETF trades like daily. Like it has a stock value, like a price like a stock does, but it basically represents ownership of a group. So it's, it's only a, like, a slight variance, you know, as far as functionality. Um, right. But, but like I said, there's different risk risk thresholds. Like, let's look at, like, I looked up a high-yield savings account this morning, uh, the interest rate on. The highest one I could find was, like, 0.05%. 0.05%. Not like that's 0.05 and convert it to a decimal. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's already in percentage, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say you have 5K. It, let's say your investment time, uh, time horizon is, like, a year, just a year. You know, like, I want to see what I could do if I could grow this money, right? Let me put it in a savings account. You got $5,000. You put it in the highest yield savings account you could find, 0.05% uh, interest. At the end of that year, you would have made $2.50. Damn, you bought <laughs> So you... So, so you, you know what I'm saying? So you park that money, and, and this is an important concept that's like uh, later you can get into the details of it, but the time value of money is important, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that 5Gs, think of all the other crap you could have done economically with that 5Gs. You could have paid off debt that had 20% interest on it if you have a credit card. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could have went on vacation and had a blast. That's worth more than $2.50. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so... You, you're, not, you're not making nothing there, you know. Even if I looked at, like, a very conservative ETF, like, uh, so I did the same thing, like, a year ago today, right? If you would have bought $5,000 into an ETF SCHD, which is, like, a very conservative, dividend-focused, it's more for, uh, like, retirees almost type of ETF. Mm-hmm. So extremely conservative. It has a dividend of 1.73%. So, you know, like miles ahead of 0.05%, right? Mm -hmm. So that would have paid you $86.50 in dividends, plus the value of the shares has risen over that past year to where the value of the shares is $5,700. So in this case, if you add those two together, you made $850 on that 5K over 12 months versus $2.50, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, there's, and that's even in a conservative investment, you know? You need to know that there's a risk, so it depends on what you're putting it in there for, you know what I mean? Like, if that's your money for your house, uh, you're saving up for a house, you know, that's, like I said, that's a limited risk, but the risk is always there no matter what you invest in, right. you know, that it could be gone, you know? It's, it's a calculated risk that you need to make, you know, based on your goal and your personal situation, but in, in any case, uh, the savings is not working, you know what I mean? You're not going to build up uh, a wealth over time, which let's be honest, that's the goal, regardless of what you're trying to do. We all want to be happy, healthy, live life, but you need something to, to back that so that you can support that lifestyle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you want to build a wealth in some way, you need to, you know, start investing either. And, you know, like I said, this is only one method. The other would be like start your business, be an entrepreneur. That's an investment of its own that could reward you, you know, 10, 10 times what you might earn in the stock market. So, right. but, but for everyday people, you know, uh, right here, right now, you know, what you could do is just, you know, start educating yourself and, and uh, invest in something, you know. There's a, a good place to start, you know. Like I said, you don't want to buy nothing just because it's popular. But, like, look at the brands around you, you know. What do you buy? Where do you spend your money? Where do mm-hmm. you see people spending their money? Where do you see people spending their money tomorrow? You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, look at those kind of things. And, you know, it's investing, you know. It's, it, like I said, it's as simple or complicated as you want to make it. You know what I mean? Uh, you, as you advance, you, of course, want to keep learning more and more. Uh, but really, the main idea is that you need to get started as early as possible and let that interest start building up over time. If people, um, if any of our, um, our avid listeners out there want to invest in anything, you can invest in the uh, Vet Joint Podcast. Hey, there you go, man. Grow the pod. Grow the fucking pod, man. <laughs> there you go um and and last thing i want to touch on when it comes to that um you know i think uh 
Um, actually, no, never mind. I'll, I'll wait till later. Um, keep going, Josh. Alright, so um, you just gave us the pros and cons because um, obviously you can lose money. Um, yeah. But there's also you know, high risk, high reward or low risk, low reward. Um, let's see. Could you explain uh, what is what is short selling and what is yeah, yeah. what what took place in WSV? Yeah, yeah, the Wall Street bets and the GameStop okay. stop situation. Uh, so yeah, this all right. So this is gonna get complicated. So I might sound real crazy to y'all. You know what I mean? If, if this is new, yeah, short selling is uh, it's it's a little bit complicated. All right, but uh, not not too complicated. Essentially. Like, if you, let's say, and when I say you right now, I'm saying if you're a big institution or if you have a shitload of money, all mm-hmm. right? If you believe the price of a stock is going to go down, like you don't think the company's going to do well, what you can do is uh, sell a stock at its current price with the intention of repurchasing those stock later and returning it to the owner. I know that sounds kind of complicated, but essentially what people with enough money are able to do is sell a stock now and borrow it, like they're borrowing it from the broker to sell it at today's price, thinking the price is going to go down cheaper, and they'll buy that stock back and then sell them at that cheaper price. So essentially, they made, you know, the money from the higher price. I don't know if that makes sense. An easy way to think of it is like uh, some, let's talk about like J's, right? Let's say I got a pair of J's that I'm bragging about or whatever, and you're like, man, those J's are trash. Like, they ain't going to be worth nothing next year, right? Um, so I'm like, oh, bet. Well, then, if you don't think they're going to be worth nothing, you know, give me the price they are today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'll let you hold these, you know. And then you could, you know, you could buy them back from uh, next year. You got to give them back to me regardless of how much they worth. Right. You know what I mean? So you went and sold them to somebody else. And then let's say uh, they, you know, they went down in value. You could give them to me for $50. You know, like next year, you could go buy a new pair and just give it to me. And I'm like, here you go, your trash shoes. Mm-hmm. But if the opposite happens, if the price goes up, then you're screwed because no matter what, you have to return me that same pair of shoes, no matter how much it costs. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so that's essentially how short selling works. Big people, you know, people with big money are able to borrow it to sell it now, saying it'll go down and I'll pay you back later. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, if that makes sense, that's essentially that's how it basically, works. Basically, short selling, your bet begins to come. You're betting against the company. Easiest way to, to think mm-hmm. about it. You're betting against the company. Yeah, okay. the mechanics of it are a whole other thing, but that's that's all you really need to know, right? All right. Um, so what happened is hedge funds, and not just hedge funds, but I don't want to pick on them because lots of investors and analysts in general, um, and this is something I've published on, but, like, you know, there's a trend towards uh, digitalization of video games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I wrote an article uh, as part of my doctorate about uh, EA's strategy for dealing with, uh, like, digital dif- uh, distribution, like how they've pivoted, you know, their pillars for their strategy going forward. Um, and so because of that, you know, that people have are all looking at the industry and saying, like, everything's going to go digital. It's kind of obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so GameStop, of course, is in a position where they can lose sales because of that because their model is buying and selling used games which as, you know, more digital goes, really their only sale left is consoles, which recently has kind of helped them out a lot. Um, so I- investment analysts kind of believed that the pattern of sales growth would continue for GameStop, so they took a lot of short positions, uh, which allowed them to profit as the stock fell, but it also kept downward pressure on the stock because 
people saw there's a lot of short interest. So like, oh, well, Wall Street says they're going to go to hell, then they're going to go to hell, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As far as individual investors, you see what's happening. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> as, in, as individual investors, we see that, and, you know, and then it, it, it hurts the company. So not that uh, making a move of shorting isn't necessarily wrong. Like if you believe something's going to go down, you know, you basically put your money to take a position. But mm-hmm. in this specific instance, uh, companies took a greater short position than even exists. Like basically they borrowed more GameStop to pay back later than even exists. Mm-hmm. So like if, I, if I'm negative 130%, this, that's roughly what it was, 130% short interest in a company. So like 30% more stock than even exists in GameStop, you know what I'm saying, is, is being bet against. So of course that's going to massively hurt the prices, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened is on, on Wall Street bets, people discuss due diligence all the time. Like a lot of it, like I told you before, is like just fucking off. People talk shit to each other. They use crude language, um, which is what they begin a lot of criticism for, uh, and generally make bad decisions. Like people post what they call loss porn, you know, like show you, look, I lost $10,000 because I made this stupid investment decision and fuck it, you know, or people show their gains, you know, like I did a YOLO trade and I got you know, millions of dollars or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So people share all kinds of different information on there. And, you know, there's concerns about it because people think like, oh, well, they're treating it like a casino. My, my opinion is like it's the free market anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for people in the sense that got caught up in the hype of the whole GameStop stock and like bought it high and lost their money. Uh, but in the end, there's a sense of responsibility you got to have, right? Did you really believe like the, you know, oh, GameStop just shot up? Oh, let's jump on the world. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you really believe that, man, what else would you have fell for? Like, let's not blame Reddit in the conversations they're having, happening. You know what I mean? For you deciding to make make a decision to put all your life savings in something, you know. Um, so that's that's my my opinion on that. But basically, what happened is uh, there's so like I said, people share their due diligence, which is like their uh, analysis of companies, right? This is why I think GameStop is a good investment, for example. So there's this dude who's real popular uh, on Wall Street Bets. Oh, I'm not trying to use his name again because I'm sure he's tired of hearing his own name. But um, he was he was posting his due diligence, and every day he would post his updates on his GameStop. Um, and, you know, and it was slowly, uh, you know, building up. And he was sharing publicly available information with the, uh, people. So it wasn't like insider trading or anything. Like he didn't know something special nobody mm-hmm. else knew, and that's what was going to cause it to go up. He basically shared publicly available information and saw that those hedge funds were doing that, like basically uh, short more than exists, right? Mm-hmm. Well, fuck them, right? These dudes <laughs> took a risk and they said, you know, uh, we don't care about GameStop. Uh, we can, you know, push their price down. We could get rich, get this GameStop out of here quicker. You know what I'm saying? People work at those stores. People uh, in communities like to shop at those stores. People have strong uh you know, relationships with GameStop, like, growing up, you know what I mean? Yep. I remember going to GameStop to get, get you know, get games with whoever. Buying, whatever, buying a lot of controllers. Yeah, so <laughs> so it was easy to get people on the train when they found out about this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, these people are basically betting against your favorite company uh, for a lot of people. You know, they bet against your favorite company right. and keeping the price artificially low. So a lot of people threw money in, and that's what caused the price to skyrocket like crazy. Like, it was $17 on January 4th. It was like 347 on January 27th. That's insane. Insane. (laughs) I mean, during that time, 
that time, there was massive volatility. Trading was stopped, like, on the stock exchange, I mean, like, multiple times a day uh, during that period. It was just, like, insane volatility because of, you know, the pressure that was going on the stock. And some people are attributing it to, like, yeah, this guy was hyping it up and getting it too high. But a lot of it was, like, people knew they were buying it. Even people were saying, like, they were buying it super high. They're like, I don't care. Screw these rich people. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm going to get, you know, because ultimately, eventually, about that short position, every short position has a certain amount of time. You know what I mean? When that time's up, they got to pay no matter what. So, Mm. like, people were saying, basically, if we could hold the stock until this date where their short position is due, uh, all that money, that wealth is basically transferred from those hedge funds or whoever's doing that to those people who own the stock during the time. You know Mm. what I mean? And people are paying off their student loans from this money. Like, they're sharing it on Wall Street Bets, their gains. So yeah. People are donating money, paying off their student loans, paying off their mortgages, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sorry for people that got hurt, you know, in the process, but it's, it's the free market, man. You know, people are just... It was like a fire sale. It. <laughs> it's Yo. like a fire sale, man. <laughs> for real, for real. Man. Hey, um, oh. you know, I was, I was doing a little bit of math, man. I was like, well, you know, what if I put in like two Gs, you know, had I been a part of this, you know, a little wave or whatnot. And... I forgot exactly how much it was, man, but I'm like, damn, like it would have been a nice little, a nice little chunk of change, you know, had I, you know, been a part of it. But something I also realized is that, um, or correct me if I'm wrong, but it didn't seem like it's just like, is, is it, again, correct me if I'm wrong, is it everyday people that were also um, buying? Because like some of the posts I saw with people like, hey, I'm pulling, they're buying like, uh, you know, 10, 20, $30,000 worth of stock. And I'm like, these don't seem like everyday people to me, even that, that were, um, you know, buying GME stock. It is, uh, so it is questionable. Like there, there was big money involved as well, for sure. Like, it's unquestion- It's uh, kind of questionable, like, who, like, it's, you know, you never really know who's on the other side of other, all these trades. But there was definitely big players as well, like, betting, you know, against uh, uh, the hedge funds, you know what I mean? Like, that were buying into GameStop, like, people putting massive amount of money. But, man, individual investors, too, like, you'd be surprised the money people have. And uh, mm. it's kind of cool because, like, one thing I really experienced working at J.P. Morgan was, you know, I see people's accounts every day from, like, people who have 800 and are starting investing or just think, you know, just been sitting there or people that have millions, I mean, mil- hundreds, tens of millions, and they're like normal people, man. It's not, it's not like the only way you can, you know, only thing you can do is be an athlete, you know what I mean, Get be an actor, be famous, make a lot of money. People, you know, have worked hard jobs, saved up over the years, made good investments, you know. Uh, not to say that those other things don't help, right? Like, income is always your, your greatest equalizer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You're never going to make with just a hard cash dollar for dollar, you know? So that's always your goal uh, is to increase the income. But, man, everyday millionaires, man, you, you'll see them, you know? And it's not always people driving the fancy stuff either, you know? It's people that have comfort in seeing their account build every day, like looking mm-hmm. at that knowing they had that security behind it. So, but, yeah, like, you... you it is kind of disturbing, though. Like you said, you see people who, like, I, I got a close friend who's like, uh, you know, here's my 50, his, his little 50 grand. It's like a play account. It's a 50 grand play account he has. And Damn. it's on Robin Hood. And, you know, like, look, play my play. 50 grand's 57 grand today. And then, oh, look, my 50 grand's 27 today. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, some people. What kind of friends you got, money, man. man? I ain't got no friends like How that. They get it or what they do with it. Yeah, that's they do. <laughs> Hey, that's gonna be us, man. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be us. 
<laughs> it will be though. It's you know what it is. It's time. I think of it this way. Like, are y'all uh, y'all married? Either one of y'all. Or I you am. Got kids? Any of that? Yeah, we both got kids, but we're married. Yeah. Uh, he's married. Okay, cool. So either way, so it's just like your household living situation, right? When you was younger, don't you remember going to people's house like it was older than you or your parents' friends or something, and you like. How the hell do you got all this shit? Like furniture, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nice ass china, nice nice furniture set up everywhere. And you like, man, I'm living over here with a couch, sleeping on the couch with a yeah, one little TV. That first with apartment, a, uh, nightstand, right? And, and what it is is it's built over time. You know yeah. what I mean? And you realize that as you get older, you've probably seen that with your own shit, right? right. It just yeah, accumulate. Yeah. You start getting more stuff, and then eventually, like, oh, my house is full too. It's kind of the same thing with with wealth. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just depends on. What you decide to do with your money, where you putting it, you know, people, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like, I think of something simple like this. DoorDash is expensive as fuck. I don't know about where y'all live, but DoorDash, if I want Wingstop for my family, five people, $70, easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? $70. Right. So, so I could do that, right? And I do it, I do it a little too much, right? Like, <laughs> but that's $70. I got to think each time I get Wingstop, like. That's $70 I could be contributing to or my wealth or my future, mm-hmm. you know, income. Like, or do I want to eat those wings that'll be gone and I'm going to feel like shit? Or do I want to let that grow over time? You know what I mean? And that's all mm-hmm. it is. People making uh, everyday, simple, smart decisions mostly uh, about where they put their money. Right. 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 Now, I, um, I, th- there, seems, there, there seems to be a whole lot more access when it comes to, you know, different kinds of stocks, whether it's, you know, sports or cannabis or, you know, retail. Um, what do you, what does it look like, um, you know, buying, trading, selling in the future? Cause it's already so accessible now, right? It's like, yeah, I can hop on my phone. I can buy a Tesla, Amazon, whatever. Um, what does that, what, what does that look like going forward? Um, do, do you see any, um, uh, you know, like how they used to do, uh, I'm sorry, you know, how when it comes to, like, we talk about education, educating each other, right? Um, do you foresee um, a better grasp when it comes to people getting in, you know, that, that knowledge that, that you need getting in? Um, do you see apps providing that kind of knowledge? Or is it just kind of going to be like the wild, wild west, you know, going forward where it's like, yo, hey, hop on this way. We're going to try to short sell these people. You, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what do you think that looks like going forward? Before that, I don't know if y'all remember, this wasn't people I knew at all, uh, 
But, you know, before the financial crisis, the, people were buying, like, two or three, like, people with normal income were buying two houses. Mm. Imagine that, like, you make, like, 80 grand or 100 grand, like, as a household, and you own two houses. That seems wild right retarded, now. right? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's, like, easy access to money, you know, whatever, you know. I think we saw a lot of mistakes that, that people made. And I think that'll be our saving grace as far as uh, that kind of thing. So right now, yeah, with the instant access, people are just learning about investing. A lot of people are new to it, don't know what they're getting into, make mistakes. People will learn from them. People will grow. Um, one thing, just hopping back on that Wall Street's bet, uh, Wall Street bets fiasco is what I hope it doesn't lead to is unnecessary regulation. Mm. One, one thing I'm worried about, like you said, that ease of access is a good thing now. I might say, like, it's too easy on something like Robinhood as far as an app, right? Um, but that doesn't mean you need to take it away from people. You know, the government loves to say, like, uh, people are too dumb to do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> we need more restrictions in place. And really what should have been highlighted from this, what should have been highlighted is the fact that it's not even in the first place. Like, these big firms are able to do things that are impossible for uh, – you know, people with less money, things like the pattern day trader rule. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but basically if you trade on a margin account, which is like you borrow money from your broker, you have to have at least $25,000 in your account to be a day trader. Like you buy and sell stock frequently, like every day, mm -hmm. uh, you have to have at least 25,000. So it's like, you might, you might know something, let's say about the movement of stocks. Let's say you're a genius and you figured out like the perfect way to make money on a stock's movement during the day. Right? Well, sorry. If you don't got at least $25,000 to qualify to be able to place those trades, you're never going to be able to make money off of, you know, what you already figured out that nobody else could or, mm. you know, the information you have that's correct, you know. So those type of barriers need to be removed. And what's, what kind of scares me is that, like, when you look at the line of questioning that the different uh, lawmakers were having, they didn't seem to have a targeted aim. You know, some people were saying, like, do we need to regulate the organization? Some people like, do we need to put more restrictions on individual investors? And it, it's just kind of scattered, but really the focus needs to be on, you know, cut out the fuckery. You know what I mean? Like amongst right. the big companies, instead of uh, putting more restrictions on people, like we're too stupid to make our own trades. You know what I mean? I think everyday people will figure out where to put their money to work best for them, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Um, That's you, so, so with um, everything that's been going on, uh, Marcel mentioned something about some crypto coin. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't um, come for us, Crips. <laughs> it's nothing but love. <laughs> brings us to our uh, our next little set of questions. Um, what is cryptocurrency? Why is it important? And uh, what is the significance uh, behind it? That's a like loaded question. Like if, if you started from the beginning, <laughs> but uh, crypto, crypto basically is a, a it's a virtual decentralized currency, uh, <laughs> which is kind of complicated. But basically, uh, it's a it's a form of currency that's not tied to any government system or any centralized uh, bank, like normal fiat currency that we deal with is right. Like in theory, not really though your dollar is all backed by something, you know, like the government has money to back it up, even though really they just print it every day. Um, cryptocurrency the, uh, is basically uh, used as a code 
basically, all right, so it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about, right? All right, cryptocurrency is used basically to make transactions from peer to peer. Like, it was created as a way for us to uh, easily transfer money from one person to another. Like, aside from, like, Venmo, you know, you use Venmo, you use PayPal to transfer money to people, Cash App. All that's heavily regulated as far as, like, how much you send to who. All that's all followed by the government, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so, like, people that think it's cute when they're on, like, uh, uh, you know, Venmo and they be, like, putting a weed pot sign when they send in their dealer their money or whatever. <laughs> like, bro, cut that shit out, man, you know, because it's, it's, like, stupid, man, you know? Everything you do, like, at a bank or something is monitored, right? Whether illegal or not, you know, people have various reasons for wanting their privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so cryptocurrency basically allows more privacy and anonymity as far as how you transfer your money because basically – once you've bought uh, crypto, and I'll mainly talk about Bitcoin because it's like the dominant, you know, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency out there. But like once you own Bitcoin, all you need to do is have the token or a code to transfer that money. And you can transfer any amount of money to any person by just putting in a code and it'll go straight to them. Um, so it's basically just an easier way to handle money. One of the significant things about it is, like I said, uh, it does give you more privacy, like which is one of the most popular things about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, governments are starting to use uh, different type of analysis, like data analysis and stuff, that they can kind of sometimes track uh, transactions and stuff still. So it's not completely anonymous as it gets bigger, you know, but it's, it's still definitely uh, a useful tool for some people as far as transferring money, especially between different countries and stuff, uh, because that's heavily regulated by banking industries. Because, you know, like the Patriot Act, lots of anti-money laundering uh, mm-hmm. rules and stuff that are out there. Um and basically, it can be used to, uh, like, shop, too. Like, so uh, certain websites are set up to accept Bitcoin already. Um, and you can basically put in your token. It'll transfer the money straight to the person. Just basically, instead of putting in your credit information, you use your token. And your token can change, so you're not uh, basically putting your credit card. Once that information's out there, somebody has it, they got your shit. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can call your fraud department or whatever. Hopefully, it's not too late. But... Uh, with Bitcoin, really, if they don't have that token, uh, your money's kind of better better protected. Um, mm. But one thing to keep in mind is uh, there have been hackings. Like, people have lost money, like money that got hacked, and like millions of dollars, I think, got pulled out of uh, some account. Like, $50 million, I think, last year got pulled out of uh, some account that was, like, shut down, like, by the FBI. Uh, but hackers got in there and took, like, $50 million worth of Bitcoin out of mm. the account. You know what I'm saying? So... It's like anything, man. Um, to an extent, uh, if you buy Bitcoin or you buy cryptocurrency, you're trusting in that system or that community that backs that currency uh, to operate correctly, right? So there's a risk there. But I would, you know, I would say to people that are like super concerned about that risk that it's the same thing with your money every day. You know, that money is not backed by gold like it used to be. There's not a gold standard. You know, you're trusting that the government will support, you know, that, that dollar when it comes down to it. I don't know if that was off track a little bit, but. (laughs) And then uh, the thing I was talking about with trading it though, uh, because I know that's probably what y'all are interested in too. Um, So like it is, it is a security, just like a stock in that it's a financial instrument you could use, right? Like the value of Bitcoin, because there is a limited amount of it, People are mining it through data mining, like on this. That's a whole complex, another subject, right? 
But right, uh, right, people right. are using data mining to create more Bitcoin or find more Bitcoin by breaking down the algorithms to get different codes. Um, but eventually, there's going to stop. Like, there's a limit to how much of each cryptocurrency can be created. Right. And in a sense, that's where some of the value is stored in, in terms of people saying, like, well, can I just make some damn coin and that would be good? Well, it takes forever. It takes a lot of computer processing. And, you know what I mean, there's only so much of it. So that's why you see an exorbitant valuation. Like, I don't know, yesterday, I think 52000 or something dollars. 55. One Bitcoin, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I remember uh, I remember Bitcoin. That was uh, that's another one we Marcel, talked about. That was during the time when um was in yeah, the, the when, uh, when I got back when I got back from Korea. No, you, we were staying in uh, Eagles Landing. I had just got off the military. Oh yeah, this so this is what twenty twelve, right? That's like twenty twelve. Yeah, I think that was the first time yeah, we'd ever heard first, about it. Yeah, like. It was, it's relatively new. I mean, like, the first instance of it appearing at all was, like, in 2008. Uh, basically, the dude or group, who knows, I think it's probably a group of people more likely that created it, but they go by, they went by a pseudonym uh, that created it. And then they basically, just in cryptography circles, you know, like, for whatever you're interested, you probably be on an email list for different subjects that you're interested in, right? Like, if you're into shoes or sports or whatever, and you get those emails, well... People that are in like the cryptography circle started getting this email circulated that basically was a paper that explained what Bitcoin was meant to be, like a peer-to-peer network of transferring funds, how it was going to work. And it said, go to this place, Bitcoin.org, which I still recommend people to go to for information on it because it'll break down everything. And it'll explain how the system works. So those started popping up in cryptography circles, and then that's how it started, you know, gaining steam. That's wild, man. That's wild. Yeah, we definitely got to get on the point too, man. <laughs> All right. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? So, like, are there any rules when it comes to, like, buying and selling crypto? Um, like, can I, can I transfer the money? How, how does the transfer work? So, like, we, I've heard this term digital wallet thrown around a lot. Kind of kind of get what, what it is, like a little digital uh, safe. Um, yeah. You would say you got the password transfer funds. But um, how does that work going to, like, a regular bank account? Like, how, how does that work? So, um, yeah, so right now you need a, a digital wallet, right, which is, a, like you said, it's essentially where you store the value of your Bitcoin, right? And then you use your token uh, or your code, you know, whenever you need to transfer money, you'll use a token to transfer it wherever you, you're trying to send it to. That would just be like a Bitcoin to Bitcoin. It's always going to be you're transferring Bitcoin to somebody, right? As far as buying and selling, you would do that on whichever platform, like whichever market you're buying it in. Usually the wallets, you could just buy it straight through like Coinbase. If you create an account with Coinbase, you just buy your crypto in there. That's also where it's stored at, you know, digitally. Um, And then you need your token. There's all kinds of tokens, man. You can have a mobile token where you use your phone, you scan the QR code, and that's how it's sent. You could have, you know, the problem is, though, like if my token is my phone and I lose my phone, that token's gone, man. That's my money gone. You know, like so, it's kind of it's kind of tricky in that sense. Uh, you you know, you have to have some method of retrieving it. But right now, it's not like you just would put your Bitcoin like in your checking account, right? More and more banks are starting to offer a wallet service to where you could just log into your bank and you could also see your Bitcoin. And some even linked to you know how you can log into other institutions 
some already log into Coinbase. Like, I think if I get on USAA, I can link it to a Coinbase account or something just to see it every day. But as far as buying or selling it, you'd still have to do it on those individual markets, like, uh, you know, wherever it's being held at. Uh, Which is important because one thing I wanted to bring up was, like, you need to be careful where you're buying and selling your crypto because you may not actually own anything. Like, if you use Cash App, for example, you can buy Bitcoin, but they're what's called a custodian wallet, which basically means they hold it for you. You know what I mean? So it's your money. You you own that value, but they're holding it for you. You can't do anything with it. So it might still be like you don't care if you're just doing it for like hoping it goes up in value, right? Fine. No no big deal. Uh, but as far as me, like even if that's what I'm doing, I prefer to own the asset, right? Like I prefer to have access to take it out and use it for something else if, if I choose to do that. You know what I mean? And that that's not allowed, you know, in areas like Cash App. Like you couldn't spend it if you wanted to. Um, real quick, so, 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 so for right now, especially for you know people who are getting into or may not have as much that they can put into it, it sounds like maybe trying to invest into crypto might be um, a better route to try to to go for now and hope hoping that you know three to five, ten, ten years from now it continues to go up in value because it doesn't seem like there's much of a benefit um, to buying and selling now. Un- unless that's your thing, unless you just want to buy, you want to keep things, try to keep things anonymous. But it seems like the real value is holding on to it and hoping that it goes up in value all the time. Yeah, depending on your needs, like for the everyday person, for sure. Uh, in the future, I definitely see us using a cryptocurrency for more like everyday transactions which wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I've seen uh, commercials of, um, I think it was either, either Visa or MasterCard. Um, they're having, like, they got, like, crypto uh, credit cards out, or debit cards, or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's basically your wallet. That basically becomes an access, like, an access point for you, just like your digital wallet. You know how I told you you right. got to have, you have your token wherever you go? So you right. can use your card as a token if mm-hmm. it's stored in those situations. So places that aren't set up to accept uh, cryptocurrency yet, you could you know, still be able to use it like the gas station or something. I will say you'd be surprised the number of places that accept cryptocurrency already, man. Like, uh, I don't remember who, who it was, but like you can go on YouTube and you can see videos of people who like live for 10 days only using cryptocurrency. Like no, no, uh, oh, you know sure. what I'm saying? So they only went and dined at places that are already set up to accept it mobily. They only went to gas stations where they could scan and use crypto and stuff like that. Is. Just like how you see people like only spend money in black businesses for like right. two weeks or whatever. Same right. thing. They do that with crypto and stuff like that too. Mm. Yo, Marcel. Don't, to, don't think it's too, I don't think it's too late to get on this crypto wave, man. That's an episode for you. You can just live <laughs> for weeks. Hey, try to do that shit in, in, a, in a different country. I, I'm not Yo, there yet. I, I'll try it. A lot of places do, and that's one of the benefits of it, too. So now you don't have to deal with stupid-ass shit like fees. Like, when you go take out money in another country, right, they'll give it to you automatically, convert it to that currency for you, right, when Mm -hmm. you pull it out. But they charge you a fee that they don't never tell you about. You know what I mean? And stuff like that is another benefit to crypto. You know what I mean? It's basically a more personalized uh, system. Like, it's from me to you. It's not, uh, you know, Wells Fargo taking a couple cents just for you to get that money in another country, you know? So, so, so real quick, so, so it's, uh, so it's pretty much like, I, 
I know it's obvious, but I, I just want to make sure that in my head it makes sense. So, for example, me in the U.S., Josh is in Europe. Obviously, you know, crypto is 55000 right? So, for uh, versus the difference, you know, him living in Europe, me being here, and, you know, us trading using our currency where we got to do that conversion. Some people get some money, and then, you know, we get that difference versus, hey, me and you cross-country dealing with crypto is still one currency that you and I are both um, you know, using. So there's no, there's no kind of, Hey, I'm getting a little bit less. He's getting a little bit more. It's all equal. Right. Yeah. And as the end user, it's up to you to do the conversion. You know, like if you wanted to like bring it back to cash and your currency, uh, that's up to you versus trying to have to figure out both sides of it. Right. Like if I'm selling you something from Asia, I'm just going to tell you how much Bitcoin it is. You decide if that's worth it or not based on how much Bitcoin is worth in your country. You know what I mean? And so it, it makes it a lot easier to understand it in terms of that currency versus every time doing a conversion, you know, right. to buy something. Right. Yeah. I, know that, I know that was a big problem for me. Like, um, when I, I got stationed in Korea, and they used one, thousand one, that's like their lowest note. I'm like, our lowest note is a dollar, but they're not the fucking same. They treated them. They treated them as it was the same. Even oh, though, yeah, yeah. As an American, I was getting shafted. Like, yeah. Like, fam. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Right. It's the yeah. same. Uh, did y'all go through Kuwait when you deployed? Uh, uh, I did not. Um, some people did. Um, Kuwait's the like, same. Like, their dollar is worth, theirs is worth significantly more than ours. Kuwaiti dollar. Man, mm. I was so, I felt so poor when I was in Kuwait. Like, switching between, once you get to Iraq, you Gucci. But when you're in Kuwait, man. <laughs> You feel poor. You can't do nothing, man. I tried to buy a little cell phone, like satellite phone, so I could call home and stuff every now and then. Man, it wasn't happening. It was no, too expensive. Damn. Damn, I didn't even know all that. That's wild, man. Um, That's wild. So the last few questions we have for you, we kind of just like ran through them without even kind of realizing as we was kind of talking here. Um, what are what's something you you wish you had known? Whether it's prior, or so two things. What do you wish you had known prior to starting your career in the military? Um, and then what do you what do you uh, wish you had known prior to um, separate from the military? Two piece. Man, prior to the military is hard, man. Because I learned, you know, like I joined when I was nineteen, so I kind of mm-hmm. grew up in the military in a, in a sense. Yeah, a lot of us did. Um, you know what I wish I'd have known? Going, y'all probably heard this a million times. Uh, I wish I'd have known to take care of myself better and had the confidence to uh, just say fuck what anybody thinks about you and, and really take care of yourself when you're in the military, man. Like, I don't know what the culture is like for the Air Force, but uh, I'm sure it's similar in some aspects, although y'all care more about wellness. But, uh, like, in the Army, you don't go to sit call or, you know what I'm saying, you don't get seen unless it's the worst of the worst. Like, if you ain't broke, you better be there working. You better be in formation. You better be at PT. You deploying. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and it's discouraged to go seek help. You know what I mean? Like for anything, every little thing. Uh, mm-hmm. If I knew beforehand, I would go. I would have took care of myself when I was in the army. You know what I mean? Because when you get out later, it's a lot harder. You know, you don't have those records. Every time you was hurt, you didn't go get seen and create a record saying that something was wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and then now you haven't approved yourself. Versus having it already, you know, all lined up. So that's definitely before the military. I would I would like somebody to tell me, you know, like, don't worry about nobody except yourself, period. You know what I mean? You got a brotherhood and everything. You know, of course, you family. I'm not talking about that. Like, you know, I got your back and all. 
But, uh, you know, when you need something, you need to take care of yourself. Because when the end comes, we can have these conversations all day. It's cool talking to y'all as vets and shit. But, you know what I mean? Y'all ain't the ones that's going to show up and help me when I need to walk, you know, right. pick it up in my car or something every morning. You know what I mean? I'm going to need the VA to help out a little bit, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that, man. That's a dope answer. And then going into civilian world was the next one, right? Mm-hmm. I think I just would have realized how different it really was, man. I know uh, people told us, like, in the Army, they try to convince you to, uh, same thing in the Air Force, right? They try to tell you to reenlist. Don't go out there. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. You want to survive. <laughs> get a job. You know, you have to make at least $17 an hour to equate to being an E-4, you know, like, all this, all this bullshit. For one, I wish more people in the Army would understand that that part, or in military in general, was complete bullshit. Like, scare tactics to keep people in the military, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I hate that shit, man. There's opportunity out there. Uh, but, like, as far as interactions with people outside the military, oh, yeah, that shit is really different. Like, they tell you that, but they don't prepare you to interact with people. I know y'all had talked about transition being too short or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Man, our shit is sh- probably shorter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and they don't, uh, yeah, man, they don't care, man. You know, you can just show up to that classroom and just sit there. Which is what most people do, because in your military training, that's what you always do, right? You show up, you sit there, you shut up, you don't say shit, so it'll be over and you get out. And then that's what we do in our transition, too, so you don't really get the chance to get involved and learn everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. And they talk about job searching and resumes and shit like that, but really, uh, it should be more like how to interact with, like, you can't tell people you suck. You need to do your job better. It's like, I don't got a problem with you. I never heard, you know. Yeah. I didn't call you a bitch or nothing. I just said, you know. It's like, you know, and then, and then you got to realize people get sensitive like that. You know, now I'm opposite. Like, I, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with so many different, like, backgrounds and shit that I feel like I could get along with anybody. But, man, when I first got out of the military, I couldn't deal with all that bitching about it. Like, every look. Oh my God! You know, mandatory overtime. Like every day is mandatory overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think definitely that transition, and then, man. And then, oh, man. Mil- military people piss you out the most too, though, because like when I worked at USAA, of course, I was like on the phone, uh, always dealing with people in the military, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't know, like, yeah, I was in the military too. I don't give a fuck. I'm Colonel So and So, and you better, you know, like I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I'm not in the army. I don't follow your chain of command, bro. Like, yeah. you know. And, and you know what's so or, weird? Or some little P some little PFC, private first class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm about to deploy. Yeah, been there, done that. You know what I mean? You know what's you know what's so weird, man? When it comes to using these platforms that are like you know for vets by vets, I like to like be nice. So like whenever I call USA, I know they understand me. So I'm automatically gonna try to be nice, even if I got a problem. You know, but it's like. There's a lot of there's right. there's a lot of vets that love to use that. Oh, I was in the military. I was a so and so. You know, treat me nice. Like, fam, can you stop being an asshole first, and then we can you know go forward? Um, okay, but I uh, look yeah, at man. it like this way. Like, like as far as being a veteran, like I understand, I respect. Like, no one should ever disrespect you, right? That's a given. Like, that's for anybody, whether you're a veteran or not. But more so, kind of, I understand being held in a higher esteem, right? Like, no, nobody should disrespect you, but you're not owed anything. You know what I mean? Right. People act like they owe something. Like, your your rank don't pull nothing with me when you calling me because you need help with something. I'm here to help you. You can chill, and I can help you. Or you can yeah. just try to, you know, flex nuts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, real, 
R- real quick, um, so, so we know what, it, what it's like, um, you know, uh, what, uh, what was it like for you? Did you work with uh, Jess or did you work for her? Where did she rank in your chain of command? And what was that like, real quick? Sh- shout out to both, Jess, by the way. Both. I was, yeah, yeah, both. That's my homie, man. Like, so uh, we both got hired in the same program. Like, it was called Combat to Claims. Uh, mm-hmm. basically where they was taking in veterans, they'll train you up to handle auto insurance claims. Uh, so we spent the better part of six months. Like she was my like, uh, cubicle buddy. So like they got the cubicle set up like two people per mm-hmm. section. You know what I mean? So me and her, you know, but between the time we was in training together and talking to people on the phone, uh, like when you first start getting on the phones, but you're still kind of in a training mode where they allow you to pause and like put everybody on hold and mm-hmm. answer your questions. We would rely on each other a lot, like, different type of perspective on, like, what do you think happened in this accident? Do you believe this? You know, kind of, like, shoot each other's own ideas down when mm-hmm. they're wrong. Uh, you know, enforce each other when, like, no, you're right. Tell that motherfucker. <laughs> you know what it is. Kick rocks. Uh, so, you know, we, we, became, we became tight like that, you know. And she was just a strong person. Like, she don't take no shit. She don't harm nobody, but she don't take no shit. And yeah. I like that, you know what I mean? So... Uh, you know, we, we kind of clicked like that. And then I was lucky enough when I came back to USAA, I did that little stint because I was interested in investments. I went to work at JP Morgan, learned everything I wanted to know, realized I wasn't with the industry, and, like, I bounced. So I went back to USAA, and, uh, like, before she left, I got, a t- I got a little bit where I was under her. Like, I said, we got this little thing where we could choose our manager. It's weird. But I ended up mm. getting lucky enough to work for her for a little bit before she dipped. Okay. Nice, nice. all our questions man um was there anything um you wanted to add you know this apart um there's something there's something in the beginning i was supposed to ask you but with my ad add adhd and shit that shit is long gone so uh you know (laughs) take this time to like you know uh whatever else whatever other gems you want to drop um i know mentioned a few websites uh, a few apps um uh, whatever else whatever whatever other information you want to add now feel free um you know that's, that's, man, I think we cover most everything. Just get started and, and uh, you know, like I said, go to Investopedia, simple. Just start learning some basics. They got, like, a 101 section. They got, like, the most simple lessons. If you find it's too simple for you, 
skip up to your next level wherever you're at. Just like we was talking about, it's like with working out. Mm-hmm. You know, in a sense, you know your level, where you're at, where you've been, what you need to do to get to the next level. You know what I mean? So start as low as you need to. Work your way up. Educate yourself. Start coming up with a plan to invest. If you can't invest right now, you know, start knocking out those other things like your debts and getting your emergency fund in place so that you, you know, not missing on, on all this growth, you know, over the, over the years because that's your most powerful thing is that time. Right on. I appreciate that, man. You know, I um speaking of communities, I just want to mention this real quick. Josh and I, well, I found it, um, you know, while the whole, you know, Wall Street's bet thing was going on, I was like, I see what's going on over there. But it seems like, you know, it seems like it's a lot. Is there, you know, a way to kind of like get in on, the, you know, the beginning? So I came across, um, you know, Black Wall Street on um, uh, on uh, Reddit. And so it's, it's kind of like the same concept, but it's just the community is just super small. I think it's like when I found when I when I went in and saw them, there's only like maybe 40 people. You know, we kind of started talking and, you know, pretty much the same conversation we're having now. Uh, same thing there, but um, included, you know, like personal business, um, entrepreneurship, you know, just a small community of, you know, black people who are also already who, you know, kind of want to do the same thing, but not just black people, you know, people of color, allies, people who want to support the community. Um, you know, so when it comes to things like when it comes to communities like that, man, um, something is, is something really interesting to me, really dope. Um, what are some, what are some of the things you can do to help grow a community like, like that, you know, with your experience from Wall Street, but it's your experience, you know, educating and helping people grow. Um, when it comes to small communities that are trying to build, you know, that are kind of anonymous, what are some ways to, you know, inject, you know, content or to get people to engage more? Because I think that that's one of the big things, you know, we don't really engage that much. It's like, hey, I'm here. I want to do different things, but, you know, nobody kind of follows up. So, you know, with your expertise and everything, what are some of the things that you've seen that allow people to, you know, push a conversation forward? Yeah, no, definitely, man. Like, and I'll say the anonymity is a great thing, man, uh, for, like, that's why I prefer Reddit over, like, I'm not really on other social media. I got LinkedIn for work purposes. Like, if people want to look up me for my specialization, that's the only way I can get found, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, so I have to have that. But Reddit is cool because, like, with the anonymity, man, you could, you know, be legit with your answers and everything, you know. Uh, whatever your situation is, you can say it without worrying about being judged. Uh, you know, and get that real feedback that you need from other people. I think uh, if you can't find, there's there's a lot of good communities, even though they're larger, you know what I mean? Like some of the ones we mentioned earlier. Uh, and if you can't find one, start one, man. You know, that's the mm-hmm. cool thing. Anybody can start a subreddit. You just got to be willing to manage it, you know. Uh, so, you know, you can start your own community. Deal with your friends, man. Talk to your, like, like you said earlier, start having conversations with maybe a small group of friends. Like, you know how there's like, your friends, and then there's, like, maybe, depending on your circle, you might have two, maybe three, four people that you actually, like, will completely bullshit with. You know, like, you don't, you know what I'm saying? You tell each other, like, you stupid, that's not going to work. You know, you have those people, yeah, like, like if you have like-minded goals, at least. <laughs> yeah, at least if you have like-minded goals, hold each other accountable and have those communities, you know what I'm saying? Where you start mm-hmm. asking, or brag and being like, you know, Josh might show up talking about, like, I know... What's, are you talking about your stock? Yeah, but you don't even know their price to earnings ratio, man. You just buying yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> as soon as you as you learn more, you know what I'm saying, you can start uh having those conversations with each other and building more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. I know, man. Yeah, my stuff. You just keep buying shit. Buying. <laughs> yeah, do they even have do they pay a dividend? Do you even know? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that that's type of stuff once you learn more that you'll be having those conversations. You know? Trying shit and trying shit. Try shit and try shit, don't work. Try shit and try shit, won't work. Try shit and try, switch it up.
right, man. Um, hey, uh, Doc, I, uh, I appreciate you being on, man. Um, you know, uh, this has been something that Josh and I have been talking about for quite some time. You know, uh, I think since probably like episode two or three or something like that. Um, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you sitting down with us for, what has it been? Almost pretty much two hours. About an hour and a half. Yeah, we about to hit yeah, one fifty one. Yeah. yeah, so uh, we appreciate yeah, that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope the, I hope the situation improves in Texas. You know, uh, I know you are right, but you know, there's a lot of, you know, surrounding people that friends and family that you might have out there that might might not be doing so well. You know, so uh, shout out to Texas, man. Hopefully, uh, the the lawmakers and all all them cats can get shit together. I know it's a it's a big you know gaggle fuck over there right now when it comes to certain shit that's going on. So. Hopefully they get that shit squared away, man. Um, Josh, you um, want to chime in real quick? Um, yeah, man. Just thanks for being a guest. Um, and listener. <laughs> and, and, and being a, yeah, yes, and a listener. Yeah. Um, thank you for your service. Uh, shout out to everybody deployed right now. Uh, hey. Stay safe. Yeah, just helping us, is, helping us grow the pod, man. This, yeah, and, uh, oh yeah, hashtag grow the pod. Hashtag grow the pod. Uh, what else we got? I mean, that's, that's about it. That's it, man. It's been episode episode 13. Can't even talk, man. Episode 13 of the podcast. Uh, again, Doc, appreciate you coming on and, you know, spending some time talking about us, you sure. know, building, growing, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where we're at in a few more episodes, man. Let's let's go buy some stocks and shit, man. Let's go turn up. <laughs> uh, it's to come up. It's to come up. <laughs>